It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Home Office officials to visit Bedfordshire Police. Detectives given more time to question Milton Keynes' murder suspect. And MPs visiting HS2 route in Buckinghamshire this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. A government task force will visit Bedfordshire Police next month on what's been described as a fact-finding mission into the force's funding. Five Home Office officials will spend two days in the county. It follows the public voting against plans by Police Commissioner Ollie Martins to raise council tax to fund more officers. Some small forces are uh, beginning to struggle with the financial circumstances uh, and of course the problem that we face is that we're underfunded so uh, we don't receive uh, the level of resource that, that matches the crime challenges that we that we face. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be carried out. 31-year-old Ashley Gillard was found dead after a fire at a flat on Monday night. Detectives have been given more time to question a 25-year-old man arrested on suspicion of murder. Members of the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning. They'll be talking to people who live along the proposed route of the high-speed line. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has the details. The visit's being made so MPs can see how the £50 billion line will impact on residents and businesses in Buckinghamshire. They'll be visiting a number of affected places including Wendover Dean, King's Ash and Coombe Hill. At the present time, campaigners are particularly pressing on the government to commit to a tunnel that would run under the whole of the children's area of outstanding natural beauty. The Chancellor, George Osborne, has announced plans to start selling the government's stake in the Royal Bank of Scotland, even though it could mean a loss of billions of pounds to the taxpayer. Speaking at the same event, the Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, outlined plans for rogue traders to be jailed for up to ten years. A man from Bedfordshire who served two decades in prison for murder will have to wait to see if his conviction is quashed. Kevin Lane was jailed for the contract killing of a man in Hertfordshire in 1994, but it's since emerged that a corrupt policeman led the investigation. Judges at the Court of Appeal yesterday decided to reserve judgment without hearing a second day of evidence. Sally Chitsoy was in court. They left, then they came back into the courtroom, sat down and said they, they effectively had heard enough that they would defer judgment, they'd hand down a judgment at some time in the future. And that was it, the case ended. It doesn't look too good for the attempt by Kevin Lane to clear his name, but we'll have to wait and see. A Hatfield family are calling on the University of Hertfordshire to issue strict guidelines to students living in private accommodation after claiming to have suffered months of antisocial behaviour. Vicky Holland says her children have been sworn at and kept awake by noisy students living next door. The university says it already takes a proactive approach and works closely with the police and council to investigate complaints. In sport, former England manager Steve McLaren has been confirmed as Newcastle head coach. The weather dry and sunny and feeling warmer again. A maximum temperature today 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Bear with me dear listener, I'm just trying to work this out. Arnold
Join the musical vibe. Let's have more. Let's have more. There's this, and there's this, and Across there's that. Beds, hearts and- We're done. Kel's great to have you back. Thanks, player. That's it. Not as good as. Uh, so hang on. Jay Dizzle, though, eh? I can't hear you. But now you can. Oh. Justin's back. Justin Dealey's back, and we're all feeling a little bit, well, aroused. Well. Um, he, if you see Justin out on the street today, look at him from the buttocks down. He looks like a hot girl. He's got cute bums, skinny jeans, no socks and blue suede on. It's an incredibly erotic sight. Did you not think, Hills? Yeah. And then you look up and he's a beardy man. <laughs> oh, what, what more could you want? What fun we're going to have just after nine o'clock this morning. Meanwhile, a Home Office task force has been called in to look at the way Bedfordshire Police is funded 
after the failure of the recent referendum. The Labour Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, had tried to get public approval for a bigger cut of the county's council tax. Blah. Catherine, uh, why are they going in? Well, this has come about from the Home Office Minister, Mike Penning, who says he'll be sending in a team of uh, on a fact-finding exercise in response to lobbying by the force for fairer funding. The force needs to find £17.5 million worth of savings in the next five years. And remember, Bedfordshire Police is one of the smallest in the country for a long time has argued that the current funding formula isn't fair, says that they're dealing with metropolitan problems on a rural task, a rural police force budget. Now, the announcement about the task force comes just a few weeks after residents in Bedfordshire voted no in a referendum to pay more council tax to help fund policing. Some of the criticism afterwards was that the, the, uh, the question they were asked didn't make it clear and people sort of uh, had a knee-jerk reaction to not wanting to pay any more. This is also at a time when the chief constable has announced she's taking early retirement, so troubled times for the police force. Um, am I allowed to say I think the people that voted no are dumb? The question was confusing. The question was confusing, They were, uh, th- and that was the way it was dictated. But I kind of think if that question were presented to me, I'd vote yes. Mm. I'd vote yes on that. Do you want to spend a few more quid a year on more coppers? Um, yeah, go on then, why not? Well, the other thing was that the money had already been put on their council tax bill, so a lot of people felt resentful about it, didn't understand yeah. what it was about, obviously weren't listening to us because we tried to explain it over and over again. But the thing was, in the weeks running up to the referendum, we weren't allowed to talk about it, or no. Ollie Martins wasn't allowed no. to talk about it. I just we? think I just, oh, I think they missed an opportunity there. Uh, so the funding, what's going to be done about that? Bedfordshire receives the same amount of money as a countryside force, as I said there. Despite facing many of the issues similar to more metropolitan areas, we've got serious organised crime, cybercrime, counter-terrorism. The force argues it's done all it can to make efficiencies and it's working alongside neighbouring forces. You know that the uh, serious crimes are handled by Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire together. Yeah, I do know that, yeah. So this move might suggest that those fighting for more funding are starting to be listened to, but um, we shall see. Later on we'll be talking to the MP for South West Bedfordshire, Andrew Salute, and we'll also be talking to the Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins. Lovely! OK, um, well, let's just uh, we could hope we can calm Ollie Martins down because we know that uh, he... he uh, well, he... Oh, I know. He likes this, doesn't he? Ragging around. Yeah, all right. We'll have none of that in the studio. Dealey's out and about. We need to send him out and about with something, otherwise it's just a, ma- a-, a lonely man wandering the streets. What can we get him to do in the rabbit hole in the first hour of the show? Mm. There's, I mean, I'll be honest, there's not a lot in the papers at all. Um, well, th- th- OK, here's, here's something. The, the new um, Jacuzzi Park film is coming out, isn't it? The one about the dinosaurs all going nuts and stuff. Yes. I've never seen one of their films. Right. I've never seen one of their films. You've probably got the idea. It's dinosaurs running around. It's dinosaurs out of control. Yeah. I've got the idea because the same fella wrote Westworld, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same story. Yeah, so you take... Right, Westworld was, hey, why don't we reanimate the cowboys? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Hey, why don't we reanimate dinosaurs? What could possibly go wrong? Except cowboys are less likely to bite your bum off. Well, it was less your Less likely. Can we... I, I'm not a fan of dinosaurs. I don't really get why everyone's, oh, dinosaurs. I don't really get the excitement and the buzz behind it. I think dinosaurs are a bit rubbish. Big monsters. Justin, can you take dinosaurs out onto the street? Dinosaurs, better off without them? Yeah, I think something like that, something Justin. Like if that. you could, if you can give us a nice tight what's, 56 seconds. What's the deal with dinosaurs? What's the deal with... Justin Dealey with What's the Dealey with Dinosaurs? Mm. Do dinosaurs do it for you? Do dinosaurs do it for you, Dealey style? Something like that. Yeah, something like that, Justin. You can work your magic on it. I mean, not that, but something like that. Something better than that, something if you wouldn't mind. Kels, you want to throw any dinosaurs into the mix? Oh, I know. Do we ask them Diplodocus or Diplodocus? Kelly? Yeah. OK, thanks very much indeed. 
08459 455 555 is the phone number. I mean, what do you say? Well, I used to say Diplodocus, so but now I say Diplodocus. It's like the Boudicca Bodicea thing. I is mean, it? Like fashion, isn't it? What? Yeah. Turn to the left. Um, okay. Um, okay, what do we do now? Uh, I know. Yeah. Why don't we get Justin on? Well, hang on a minute. And pretend we haven't played lock poker before. Guys, guys, we're, we're all sounding a little bit hot for Justin, OK? Well, it's, we missed him. Well, I mean, miss is a strong word. He wasn't here, we, and um, we, we still managed to do some... Uh, let's be honest, the last two shows have been blindingly yeah, good. Yeah. No offence to anybody who's been blinded by a radio show in the past. Obvs. Uh, so let's... We don't, need to, we don't need to milk Justin dry. Not okay. on the first day, no. No, 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 no. Just, you know, just let's just play it cool with the geese. You know, just play it cool. But the fact we gave him a stand innovation when he walked in, that, we wasn't, did, we did that actually. wasn't cool, was it? I don't, OK, here's the thing. Here's my beef with dinosaurs, right? They're boring. No-one knows 100% that they existed. They couldn't punch you. They couldn't punch you. They couldn't punch... Punch who? A person. Why? How do Tiny we know... Hands. How do we know what colour they were? Well, we don't. You say all you've got is a little bit of fossil. There's not even that many dinosaur bones. There's only a few dinosaur bones, and they make the rest up. And the one in the National History Museum was mostly plastic. The one in the what? The big one. The one in the Na- where? Natural History Museum. You said didn't National you say National Hist- History Museum? Yeah, sorry, I'm confusing it. Yeah, the one in the Natural History Museum was um, a cast of one that was in America. I'm glad they're getting rid of it. I'm glad they're getting rid of it. Dinosaurs are dull and everyone goes, ooh, dinosaurs. I don't know, what, let's go and collect fossils. No, they're boring. They're little, all a fossil is is a stone with a little swirly thing in it. Well, how are we supposed to know what that is? I couldn't give a monkey's. Until you can reanimate the WM, the woolly mammoth, not the radio station, it's probably beyond that there. Until you can reanimate the, the woolly mammoth, I'm not... Interested. They were talking about doing that, weren't they? I know they were talking about doing it. Then they went off and decided to look for a cure for cancer. Do you know what I'd do? Scientists! You don't need to mess about with a mammoth. You just mate, right, an elephant with a buffalo. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just mate an elephant with Nicky Clark. Because hmm? of the... Uh, he's got a woolly head. Guys? Uh, Guys? Hmm? Guys? 90s reference. Guys? Guys, where's everyone gone? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Amersham on Wealdon Lane, there's electricity works going on at New Road, so that could cause some delays later on, but it's looking quiet so far. And it's also looking quiet in Milton Keynes so far this morning. And on Standing Way, there's roadworks going on at the Kingston roundabout, so expect delays there. And looking at the motorways, there's no reports of any delays on the M1, and it all seems to be moving fine on the M25 as well. On the 6.34 train from Bedford to Sutton, though, calling at Luton at 6.34 is delayed. Samantha Brough, Hang BBC on. Three Counties whoa, Radio. Whoa, 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 hang on. Well, that doesn't make sense, does it? No, mate. Do that again. The six, hang on, the 6.14 train from Bedford to Sutton calling at Luton at 6.34 is delayed. Well, obviously, well, hang on, again, you've... Sorry. It goes, it starts... What it time starts, is it supposed to be at Luton? It's supposed to be at Luton at 6.34. What time is it going to be at Luton? It just says delayed. How does, does it can't say? It's how well it, no, it can say. It can say. Definitely delayed. It can say. How long is it delayed by, Sammy? No, it doesn't say. This is important. No. 
Supposing I was waiting for a kidney, right, and it was on that train, okay, and I only had minutes to spare, and I needed to know whether it's worth ordering another kidney from somewhere else. I... I'd order another kidney from somewhere else. Oh, blimey. <sighs> Suddenly she's a kidney expert. You know what I mean? 6.17, it's uh, Thursday the 11th of June, I'm in Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A government task force will visit Bedfordshire Police next month on what's been described as a fact-finding mission. Police in Milton Keynes say a, a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. And MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the show that um, inspired our series of shows, Separated at Birth. Enjoy. New to BBC One. Ten couples. Competing in a game show like no other. Just a different league of challenge and pain. And whoever wins... Takes home a life-changing prize. I want to win this. Oh, that's not bad for a granny, is it? The only thing is, one of them is in the UK. The other is over a thousand miles away. Keep going. Yeah, let's do this. That's it, that's it, that's it. Can they overcome six weeks of hair-raising challenges? Oh, I can't do it. And will their partner back home keep them in the competition? Are you feeling pressure? Just a tad. They're prized apart. But in it together. Prized apart begins this Saturday night from 7 on BBC One and BBC One HD. So yesterday, by the way, if any of you can think of uh, shows um, that Separated at Birth is the title, if you can think of any ideas for shows like that, then please let us know. Catherine and I had a proper falling out yesterday, and uh, it turns out... What are you listening to? A group called Black Nasty getting funky. I'm just trying to work out whether it's obviously getting uh, funky or it does sound a little bit rude. Just don't keep saying the word funky because it worries me. There is a little insight into the role of the producer. Separated at birth, Yes. I talked about caravans and the, the birth of caravans yesterday and you went, oh, that's not what it means. And I said, right, yes, it is. is how many beds it's got. <clears throat> Excuse me. You said. Excuse me, I'm speaking. This guy's speaking. You, this guy. Turn that off. Oh, yeah, goodness. That's the kind of music like that, that they play in um, 70s films when they go to a nightclub. Do you want that? And they can't afford proper music. No, it's, not... it's a bit tinny. Well, I mean... It was so not... I said that the birth was connected with the caravan, and you went, no, it's not connected with the caravan. No. And I said, yeah, it is connected no. with the caravan. No. And then I Googled it yesterday, no. and I sent it no. to you, and no. um, you no. owe me an appalls. No, that's what you said, right? What you actually said on the radio was it was to do with the stretch of land where you parked your caravan. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm pretending I've got long hair while you talk. Go on. Looks lovely. Just looks like a twitch. Dooley's coming down. Um, I rang him. I said, can you take dinosaurs to the street? And he went, oh, what, like asking people what their favourite dinosaurs are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, why not? That'll do. He'll It'll do. Anyway, so caravans are births. No. It's connected with births. No. Separated at birth, you go to a caravan, a family is separated at the birth of that caravan. No, the birth is the number of people... Will you turn them? your music off, please? I've told you three times already, turn that music off! I think Catherine's right. Because I thought you... It was like when you were looking on holidays, but like, oh, yeah, an eight-birth caravan. Yeah, so many people that sleep in it, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying now, is it? I think you'll find that's what I was saying yesterday. So. I think we'll find what you were saying yesterday and you'll find you're wrong. Geezer, <laughs> geezer. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Round of applause. Mate, Thank it's you. so great 
to have you back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Justin. Justin, so um, uh, tell us, mm. what are you going to do as part of this fact-finding mission into the way that Beds Police is funded? Uh, what am I going to do? Not a lot, boss. I'm going to uh, try and find my wood. That's what I'm going to do this have morning. Have lost your wood? I've lost my wood and I've lost my radio car. <laughs> I've been off, right? I've been off for three days <laughs> and suddenly the car is decommissioned and the woody... Well, in fact, I know where it is. It's in Dunstable. The engineer says, hey, don't worry. Use a car with a two-second delay. You'll be absolutely fine. Oh, well, these I guys don't know how radio works. Uh, do you want to, quickly, before we send you out on dinosaurs, mm. do you want to play a quick game? Uh, yeah, please. OK, right. I want to play uh, a game. I want to play a game. Not that Me, game. Me, <laughs> Catherine, Kelly, then you, OK? OK, no worries. Uh, Goldilocks. Padlocks. Dreadlock. Well, this is an interesting game. You, you've nicked my answers. I don't know. Goldilocks for what? I can't give you a clean one. Sorry. What? OK, well, let's go into round two. Um, Lockerbie. Hemlock. Caps lock. Oh. Unlock. Yes. Oh. I'm in. I want to know what he thought we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't think of any more. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on. Sherlock. Gridlock. Clock. No! <laughs> uh, Sherlock. What are you doing there? Oh, okay. What are you doing? No, I can't. I can't on this one. I can't play this game. You can't play lock poker? No, no. It's too quick for me. Oh. I need to have time to, to enjoy the vibe. <laughs> the vibe is lock poker. Great track, by the way. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
residents living alongside students in Hatfield have set up a petition to get them to curb their partying ways. This is despite a joint initiative by the police, council and local university to encourage them to shut up. Well, Gurpreet Singh is president of the Students' Union at the University of Hertfordshire. So the university's threats aren't working, Gurdeep. Gurdeep? Gurpreet? It's written, that's how it's written on the script. Gurpreet? Gurpreet? He's not there. Wagwan Gurpreet, or Gurdeep, is it? I've got two names on my script, so I'm just... I think it's Gurpreet, and okay. I think it's a girl. Okay. And I think she may still be in bed. Hey, guys. Student, isn't it? Come on. Hey, as I was driving to work this morning, at 4.30 in the morning... Crikey. I saw... Um, well, do you know what? I did I did to keep the description of the young men involved just in case there was some kind of attack. But I saw some young revellers just going home, swigging from a bottle of um, beer at 4.30 in the morning. I hate young people. That was me once upon a time. Oh, no yeah. shoes on. You couldn't get beer in bottles then. Hooch. Yeah, oy. I missed out on hooch. Uh, I, when I was when I was uh, young, uh, the drink du jour was bizarrely Nuki Brown. We were all we, I was, I was uh, old enough yeah. to remember Nuki Brown yeah. and Grolsch. The Indie Kids. Yeah, it was the Indie Kids standing with your Grolsch bottle or your your guess a bottle of Nuki Brown. But then we went we started going clubbing, and it would be Moscow Mules. Oi. Uh, uh. I don't know uh, what a Moscow Mule is. Oh, it was like um, there was gin, the, there was ginger the, beer and vodka or something. There was the dog's watsits, wasn't yes. there? There was the Wicked is still a big thing. Um, yeah, breezers. Breezers, yeah, oh, breezers. Yeah. I went to uh, I went to a David Cassidy concert a few years ago. I think they, they, they must have sold out of Bacardi Breezes in about 20 minutes. All those middle-aged women there. They were loving it. Tastes like pop, doesn't it? Anyway, Gurpreet, Gurdip, uh, whatever, uh, isn't answering. So I that's... think when you find yourself in the actual world of work... Gurpreet, and I don't want to sound patronising, but I'm talking to me, um, you know, 20 years ago, you'll find that you have to get out of bed when you say you're going to. Anyway, this is about um, uh, students being noisy, um, students at the University of Hertfordshire, and it wasn't Gurpreet we spoke to before, was it, about how uh, it was somebody else, it was a fella, um, saying how the the students' union and the university were going to, if people were were, were being reported as being noisy, they were going to go around and have a word with them, and I think we said at the time... That's a really dumb idea, and it ain't gonna work. Well, and they we, said, no, 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 it will. You have to give us time. It will work. Well, what we're talking about today is it hasn't worked. Well, we asked them how many people have been punished in this way because yeah. it seemed to be quite a big problem. Yeah. None. No. Oh, really? Is it none? I don't think so. If I remember rightly, they hadn't actually taken anyone to task over it. Yet. Because that was the whole point of them coming on before, and the plum that we spoke to saying, "Oh, you know, we're going to take this very seriously. Yeah. We'll go and have a word with them." And what exactly is that going to do? Because I, I know it's a long time ago. I remember being a student. Do they still have the threat of it going on your permanent record? Because <laughs> <laughs> I never saw my permanent record. Here's, here's the thing, guys. A permanent record does not exist. <laughs> I don't want to take... I, sorry, teachers, I don't want to take away your power, but that threat is meaningless. Guess what? When I signed up here at BBC uh, Three Counties, uh, my, I didn't have to give my boss my old headmaster's uh, phone number and get the, the permanent record sent over. And they weren't interested in my National Record of Achievement or my Duke of Edinburgh's award badges. Or, guess what? My GCSEs, or lack of, or my A-levels, or lack of. Mm. So, guys, do you know what? It doesn't matter. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
starting to get busy out on the North Circular Road now at Henley's Corner with queues building up from the East End Road. In High Wycombe though it's still quiet on the A40 London Road uh, in the area around there. Stuart, between Stuart Hill, Stuart Road and the A404 Marlow Hill that bit's close to resurfacing works so the surrounding area could get really busy again this morning. And in Bishop Stortford on the A120 there's some temporary traffic lights between the M11 Junction 8 for the Birch Hanger services and Stansted Road so that could also cause some delays when it starts to get busier. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A government task force will visit Bedfordshire Police next month on what's been described as a fact-finding mission into the force's funding. Five Home Office officials will spend two days in the county. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be required. 31-year-old Ashley Gillard was found dead after a fire at a flat on Monday night. Detectives have been given more time to question a 25-year-old man. MPs on the HS2 Select Committee have visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. And the Chancellor, George Osborne, has announced plans to start selling the government's stake in the Royal Bank of Scotland, even though it could mean a loss of billions of pounds to the taxpayer. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Former England manager Steve McLaren has been confirmed as Newcastle head coach, replacing the sack John Carver. More from Ian Dennis. Not only was Steve McLaren appointed head coach, but also he became a director along with Chief Scout Graham Carr in a reshuffle at St James's Park, which included owner Mike Ashley relinquishing his seat on the board. McLaren will now see how it works on the other side, an insight into how decisions are made. Some remain controversial, such as the new head coach, only allowed to speak to preferred media partners. However, what shouldn't be lost is the a statement in black and white that Newcastle United have rediscovered their ambition. McLaren's target of a top eight finish and to win a trophy is surely a positive step back in the right direction. Stevenage supporters will get the chance to quiz chairman Phil Wallace tonight at a fans forum at the club. It's the first such event since the departure of manager Graham Wesley and the appointment of former England star Teddy Sheringham. Arsenal's Jack Wilshire could face a ban after accepting an FA misconduct charge. Wilshire led supporters in singing anti-Tottenham songs during the FA Cup victory parade. And Watford's Anthony Joshua has been ranked number two in the World Boxing Council's latest heavyweight rankings. The unbeaten Olympic champion champion has knocked out all 13 of his professional opponents. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven.
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes. OK. So, Nobel winner... Sorry for... Listen to this. A Nobel Prize winner who's, who's, who's better than anybody here. Better well, than, he's better than us. At maths or science or whatever he's... I don't know what it is he's won, but I bet it was wicked. Well, he's won a Nobel Prize. I don't know what for. Where's the mammoth? A Nobel... Pri- well, I think he keeps that uh, caged. A Nobel Prize winner has apologised, and I don't think he should have apologised... This is the problem. Do you know what? Do you know what the whole thing is? It's all. I think it's just gone politically correct. And I agree with you, brother. You can't say nothing these well, days. What did he say? Um, a Nobel Prize winner has apologised after saying women scientists are prone to falling in love in the lab and crying when criticised. British biochemist Sir Tim Hunt sparked outrage at a conference for journalists. He sparked outrage. Really? Here we go. The quote. He reportedly said, let me tell you about my trouble with girls. Three things happen when they're in the lab. You fall in love with them, they fall in love with you, and when you criticise them, they cry. Now, in the great scheme of things, it's not the... Are we talking about a six-former, or is this a grown man? Oh, come on, Catherine. You sound like Connie St Louis, who was at the conference in South Korea, who tweeted, does this Nobel laureate think we're still in Victorian times? Another Twitter user blasted the vile comments... Okay, so which bit of this do you find offensive? Let me tell you about my trouble with girls. Girls. Oh, for crying out loud. Go on, carry on. There's the Three things happen when they are in the lab. Okay. You fall in love with them. So that's their fault, is it? They fall in love with you. Okay. And when you criticise them, they cry. Right. Okay, so just just go break break it down. What's your problem with that? His problem with girls. Two of those things are him doing that to the girls. What? Why is this? Pro- why is that? S- sorry, sorry. Could you take off your dungarees, put a nice pretty dress on, and explain it to me in English? What's your beef with that? Read the first one. Out. Oh, for crying out loud! Read the first one. Out. Let me tell you about my trouble with girls. One. One. Three things happen when they are in the lab. You fall in love with them. That's him doing that, isn't it? Why is that, that their you fault? Fall, uh, uh, they fall in love with you. OK, that's very silly of them. He sounds like an idiot. And Next. when you criticise them, they cry. So that's him again. Right, let's, let's break His it trouble down. with girls is completely guys, him. Guys, consult... Guys, 0844... Uh, guys and gals, 084... I love talking to the ladies. 08459 555555. Phone, phone up and, and tell Kath why... why uh, I think it's just gone politically correct. OK, what it doesn't say in this version of the story is... His wife's a lady scientist, and... Where wow, did, where a lady did, scientist, or is she where, just a scientist? She's a scientist with boobs. <gasps> and where did they meet, Catherine? Where did they fall in... Where did he fall in love with her, and where did she fall in love with him? That's right, in a laboratory. Right. So... Is he talking about his wife, then? He's talking about fact. He's talking fact, fact, fact. And, yeah, if you criticise some of you girls... Watch this, watch this. <laughs> Kelly... I really didn't like... You put the wrong song in the running order. What? You put the wrong song in the running order. I'm criticising you. Oh, right. She's crying, you see? She's not. She's crying. She's not crying. Because she... And that is a... Please. I'm not even sorry. No. She's doing a not-bothered face. That is a perfectly valid criticism of Kelly's inequalities and inabilities. But I haven't put any song in the running And room. she is crying they were now. I'm gonna they, turn, were, they were boss I'm going to turn her microphone really off. I'm turning your microphone off now. It's off. I, I'm OK. It's okay. off. All right, boss. Thank you. And she cried. So all he's talking about is fact. It's all fact. And I'm not being sexist. I'm being speaking fact. 
08459 It's fact, isn't it, Kels? No. Thank you. See? No. She's too busy crying. What is your problem with this? He sounds like a div. He's 72 years old. Oh, right, OK. He claimed they were meant to be a joke. But then he told the BBC, I did mean the part about having trouble with girls. <laughs> I have fallen in love with people in the lab and people in the lab have fallen in love with me. So fact, it's facts. Let's have a look at him. I found these emotional tangle- entanglements made life very difficult. Well, maybe you should work in a monastery then. If oh, you so well, yeah. I'll... Wow, people fell in love with... Oh, 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 oh Catherine. Sorry. There sorry. Are... Oh, no, no, sorry, 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 Catherine. That's the level we sunk to on this show, no, is it? No, I'm just myself... That's the level we spoke to. I'm finding we're, myself we're... strangely drawn to him. Criticising I mean, pe- very... criticizing people for looking ruddy. Well, looking like a ruddy, fat Michael Palin. That's what we've, we've sunk to, is with it? With no sprouts. We're better yes, than that. We're better than that. I can see he's attractive. Maybe it's he his mind. Said, he has said nothing wrong. Where's Dealey when I need him? Let me tell you about my trouble with girls. Three things happen when they're in the lab. You fall in love with them, they fall in love with you. When you criticise them, they cry. That is fact, fact, fact. And that's the problem these days with you women. You can't say nothing these Yeah, But you're crying, basically, because you've been... Have you ever been... been in a lab? Sorry? Have you ever been in a lab? I have, actually. I did, I did do a, one of my worst summer jobs ever was working in a lab. Did you fall in love with a girl? No, I got beaten up by a Nigerian cleaner. Did she fall in love with you? No, it was a bloke. Did you make any... Okay, you're you're really irritating me now. Don't cry, mate. I'm not crying! Do you know what I got up to in labs as a girl? Yeah, I bet you did, sexperiments. No. I set fire to biros. What have you got in the papers? Um, well, some people, right? They love one another, they love to talk, holding the other one's hand. They always understand. Some people cry, I. Some people know why. No, some people uh, think it's acceptable to wear a football shirt beyond the age of 11. Oh, and, and when they're not footballers. And when they're on holiday. And when they are size XXXXL. <laughs> size fatty bum bum. Footy giants, Manchester United, will sell their new shirts in a whopping size XXXXL. Oh, jeez. The move follows complaints from their biggest fans that existing tops are not large enough. I don't know, maybe that's just a way of telling you something. Uh. United have a new Adidas kit for the 2015-16 season. The supersized uh. jersey will be available at the Old Trafford Megastore. Megastore. My, my dad has described with hell with the lid off. Oy. And he's a Man United fan. In August of September, the club will then monitor sales to see if they should become a permanent fixture. Mm. Carpet Martin says, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is, you've really, really annoyed me this way. Good. Sounds like the scientist's wife might be behind this. She don't want her man checking out the honeys at work. Hashtag hempect. Thanks for your consideration. While Carpet Scott's Martin. on holiday, Carpet Martin has been promoted one. Yeah. But, but next week, Martin, you get back, you get, you get back down. You get back down. <laughs> I'm really struggling today. We've had two such strong shows. Um, that oh, come I'm... on, we're only 40 minutes in. Let's not um, curse it yet. Oh, we've got to say hello to Stella and Don. <gasps> yes. Stella and Don, they better be listening after all that. Tell we... them the story. Well, so we went to the new studios in Dunstable and had a really great time there with the boffins and we all got on and it was fun. And then Catherine and I went for a, a coffee afterwards. A debrief. A little debrief, just to, to talk about how much fun we'd had with those guys. 
And uh, we're sat in the cafe, ordering our breakfast, omelette and chips, beautiful. Can I just paint a picture of this cafe? Because it's not like the one we go to where there's well, just like two Prizzies. tables. No. not like Prizzy's, where you can be quite rude in your circle no, of no, friends. No. You're all sitting together pretty much. I mean, it looks like separate tables, but they're quite close it's together. It's Cassie Mix. It's like an English equivalent of Wagamama's. It's that kind of style. I've of never s- been in there. Excuse moi? No. You've never been in Wagamama's? You have no. to sit next to strangers in there. Oh, I don't like that. The food is awesomeness though mm. anyway so we sat down and this old couple come towards us and i went to kath look out look out these old fellas there's this old fella and this old woman they're going to sit next to us this is going to be awful and so they sat and the old woman sat next to me and the old man sat next to you in the natural order of things and as I'm, I'm as i'm talking to you i'm aware that there is a face <laughs> about two inches from my face <laughs> studying me intently and I, I i've got excellent as you know i've got excellent peripheral vision she was wearing really bright colors as well so you couldn't she was miss staring her. at me i could feel her breath on my face and i thought <laughs> i'll ignore this but then you kind of looked at her you nodded at her and that then the ice was broken and she well the, she said i couldn't look at you without getting her in my eye line she said i know you i know you from somewhere where do i know you from crime watch stay come on mate um, and uh, and I picked up the I picked up a vibe from her straight away. Then she away. said she had you, and she said I never forget a handsome face. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I went, oh my darling, right? And I, I, and I she's in. Some people recognise me for various things. I've got very good at judging what it is they recognise me from. Was it sometimes be it's Emmerdale. Yeah, sometimes it's Emmerdale. Sometimes it's it's uh, the Richard Bacon show. It wasn't the eleven o'clock show. It wasn't it wasn't Sky. I went. Do you watch Big Brother? She went. Yeah. I said right. I used to do that program with Ryland. She went. Oh no, it's you! It's you! Oh, I love that Ryland. He's so lovely. And then she said, what are you doing here in Cassie Mix? I said, well, we're, we're BBC, we're opening up around the corner. She said, oh, Bibble, what station? Three County. Oh, I love Three County. I love listening. I've just been sat in my car listening to that JVC. I love that JVC, she said. I love him. She said, do you do a show on there? She said, oh, is this, she said is, this your, is this your good lady wife? I said, no, come on now, give me a little bit of credit. That's my producer, Catherine. She said, oh, do you do a show? What show do you do? I said, oh, I do the show before JVC. Oh, no, you! It's you! Oh, you all sound so professional. You must rehearse that banter. You must rehearse that so banter. So at this point, I tuned out because I didn't hear him being horrible about me being his wife. Yeah. Because I was talking to the very quiet husband. Yeah. We know why he's quiet. Can't get a word in. Can't get a word in edgeways. She wouldn't stop talking. And neither could I. So I'm talking to him. He's very quiet. And it turns out he's a bit poorly. Yeah. So that's why he's quiet as well. So we're going to play one of his songs. But I noticed he had a northern accent. Yeah. So, you know, what do you say to people you've got nothing to say to uh, say to them? I said, oh, where are you from, Don? And he said, uh, I'm, I'm from uh, Cheshire. We all know uh, up north, Cheshire's posh. Unless it's Warrington, and that's just disguising itself as Cheshire. Anyway, so he turns out, you know, it turns out he's there. Where are you from? I said, oh, well, my fa- a lot of my family live in Salford. Oh, I used to knew some. I used to know some lads from Salford. I used to do a bit of work with them. Oh, really? What? What did you used to do? I was in a group. There we go. There we go. And suddenly we are. They're still oh. chopping on the other side of the table. Yeah. Oh, and I'm being polite. I'm thinking I'm never going to have heard of, heard of this group. Yeah. What? What group's that then, Don? The Hollies. He was the original oh. drummer in the Hollies. Even I know that. He was the original drummer in the Hollies, ladies and gentlemen. Sat in Cassie Mix. Next to me. Talking to us. Kelly Betts, could you find Searching by the Hollies, please? Yes. We'll play a little bit of Don. He might get tuppence for that. He will do. Oh, beautiful. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, it's looking very busy now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. It's also busy in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Looking at the speed sensors and coming into Aylesbury on the A41. That's looking really slow for the for the turning where it meets Aylesbury Road and the A41 all the way into the centre of Aylesbury. And looking at the train departure boards now, there's no reports of any major problems at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.46, Thursday the 11th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A government task force will visit Bedfordshire Police next month on what's been described as a fact-finding mission. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. And MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's going to be a beautiful day across the three counties. It won't be feeling quite as chilly in that wind as it has done over the past few days. The winds are a lot lighter. Still coming in from the east, though. We're starting off on a fairly chilly note. We've got sevens and eights uh, Celsius at the moment across the three counties, but those temperatures rising nicely in the sunshine. And where we do have some cloud, there is a bit around at the moment that will thin and break. So lots of sunshine around today and eventually highs of around 22 or 23 degrees Celsius. A truly lovely June day. Uh, Sunshine last on into the evening and then overnight tonight dry and mild lows of around 12 or 13 degrees tomorrow it's going to feel even warmer in fact temperatures could creep up as far as 24 25 degrees there'll be plenty of sunshine around but as we head into the late afternoon first part of the evening there will be the threat of some thunderstorms breaking out now uh, where we do get the thunderstorms some heavy downpours of rain we've got a Met Office weather warning out because basically tomorrow's rush hour could be a very soggy ride home with lots of uh, surface water of course on the road so something to watch out for the risk of some showers will last on into Saturday morning but then uh, gradually we'll see things dry out and brighten up for the rest of Saturday highs of 20 or 21 degrees that's the forecast there's German on the drums the man we met yesterday in Kazi Mix Indunciable it's Don Sure, I'll 
got nothing, child, on me. Cause no matter where she hides, man, she's gonna hear me coming. I'm gonna walk right down that street just like a bulldog drumming. Cause I'm Gentlemen, the gentleman we were sat next to in Cat. What are you doing in there, boss? So this is my new home. Nice bag, by the way, Kath. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. What do you mean this is your new home? Well, if, if the radio car's not working and my Woody's not working, this is my new home downstairs in the studio with you guys. Okay. Well, it's but then you can't be the street dog anymore. You're the studio. No, no. Dog. I'm going back out onto the streets very soon. Don't worry. Oh, that's great worry. news. No, dinosaurs. We've been talking about this morning. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't like dinosaurs. We've been dissing the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, but before we do the dinosaurs, Justin, can I, can I, don't say anything, girls. Can I read you something, please? Of course you can. Yes. And can you tell me when you get to the bit that offends you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, where is it? It's uh, not much offends me. Well, okay. Just by to the, flag that up. By the way, guys, away. hope you're enjoying Bikini Week in the sun this week. <laughs> It's great. It's Bikini Week in the sun, all week. Stig Abel tweeting people making ridiculous headlines yesterday. You see that? You, you retweeted it. Yeah. Stig Abel, of all people, tw- having a go at people for making ridiculous generic headlines. He works for the sun! Well, who have printed this story, page four and five, a spread of a girl who's being blamed for starting an earthquake by showing her boobs. They don't mention that there were three lads with nout on at all there. Mm-hmm. When we say spread of a girl... So, just I'm going to read a statement, Justin, and don't, Catherine, no faces, don't, don't do the faces behind Can't me. Can't help doing the faces. Uh, face. I can see a reflection in the window. <laughs> Tell me when we get to the bit that you find offensive. This is from a 72-year-old Nobel Prize-winning scientist. As okay? if that's an excuse. Uh, Sir Tim, don't know what he's like, Sir, Sir Tim Hunt, he said... Let me tell you about my trouble with girls. This is women working in laboratories. Let me tell you about my trouble with girls. Three things happen when they're in the lab. You fall in love with them, they fall in love with you, when you criticise them, they cry. Tell me what's wrong with that statement. Well, if he believes it, nothing's wrong with it. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason, it's great to have you back. Is he the voice of reason? Because... He's the voice of the 70s, right? <laughs> He's in his 70s, oh. yeah, yeah, correct. And we all know that a lot of stuff went on in the 70s that aren't acceptable now. I think it's just gone politically correct. Isn't it, though? Well said, that What's man. he said? And where did he meet his wife, Catherine? Where did he fall in love with his wife? In a laboratory. <laughs> it's <laughs> fact. Yeah, but he's branding every single female scientist as someone who's going to fall for his charm. No, he's not. But you all know that you girls get um, uh, excited. That was lucky. Wow. When with a little bit of brains, you always know it's not the looks; it's a little bit of brains and the uniform as well, the white suit, the white uniform yeah. suit. Chance to be a fine thing, brain around here. Justin, dinosaurs. <laughs> There's a new Jurassic Park film out. I was asked to go on an ITV Talking Heads show to talk about Jurassic Park. I said, "I'm going to stop you there." Great pitch, thanks very much. I've never seen a Jurassic Park film. The people they said, "What? I've never seen one." They said, "We can give you the films on DVD." I said, "I don't want to watch them. Why? Dinosaurs." Boring and a waste of time. That's yeah, a waste, of time, a waste of time. Well, I've been on the streets already this morning. The vibe is strong out there. Are dinosaurs a waste of time? Here's what happened, sir. Dinosaurs, a waste of time. Interesting topic, but you can discuss. Yep, interesting topic. Let's discuss dinosaurs. Waste of time. For a while, we can discuss. It's not yeah, yeah let's discuss. So, dinosaurs, uh, waste of time. No, it's not waste of time. Who's your favourite dinosaur? T-Rex. Jamie, how old are you? I'm, I'm seven. Jamie, dinosaurs. 
The boss back in the studio says they're a complete and utter waste of time. What do you think? Um, nah. Who's your favourite dinosaur? Um, my favourite dinosaur is a T-Rex. <laughs> What's so good about T-Rex? Um, because they have um, um, so many teeth. That's the um, best bit. That's a great answer. Thanks for your time. How are you, Governor? Lovely beard. I'm all right, thanks. Good stuff. Dinosaurs, are they a complete and utter waste of time? All depends on your opinion. What's some your opinion? People, some people think they were real, some people don't think they were real. What do you think, real or fake? Put it uh, out there. Well, they found dinosaur uh, skeletons, so they must be real. OK. Apart from T-Rex, who's your favourite dinosaur? Mine with the bring great big uh, scale on its back. I forget which one that is now. Scaly back. That sounds like one of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Sounds like one of mine and all. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Cheers.
Kelly Betts. Uh, that I like. I like the name Natasha. I like the direction north. And I like things when they come to an end. All those things are combined. You've got 15 sec- seconds. Tell us uh, who Natasha North is, what the song, the end is, and, um, you know, just, I don't She's care. She's playing on our Introducing Station next weekend at Rhythms of the World. That's all you need to know. So hit you in. Uh, on, you said Introducing out. Station. You meant Introducing stage. stage. You said Station. Excuse me? She didn't. She said Station. No, she didn't. didn't. Let's have the audio, mate. Let's. Clip then. it. Fine. Clip it. I didn't know. Sammy can wait. Sammy, right. you don't yeah. mind waiting while I pwn uh, Kelly? She said stage. Right, Sammy, OK. You know you're up against it, sisterhood. I tell you what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's um, a uh, girl conspiracy, girl power. Or well, girl power. Truth. Girl power is about to be brought down oh. by The Temptations. Oh, really? Boy, the original boy band. Here we go. Yeah, I'm not even in the show, the show yet. You might want to let Sammy do a thing. No, no, no. Sa- no, I, w- I want Sammy to be on the on the line when she gets pwned. Oh, no one's going to get pwned here. Everyone's going to get would... pwned. Everybody must get pwned. Happen? Sorry, Sammy? Why would that happen? Because you have just lied. Bring your no. broadcast on the BBC. It's like it's like swearing on the Holy Bible or the Quran. Actually swearing. Though. In a court of law. OK? Sammy. And now, mm-hmm. t- listen, I, I question... Oh, I see the ma- what you mean. I say introducing stage next. No, 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 mate. I, no, I questioned, Sammy, I, yesterday... What, I, wrong? Sammy, yesterday I questioned what? a man who'd spent 20 years in prison for a murder. He says he didn't commit. Well, the, the judges mm-hmm. yesterday mm, didn't quite go his way. So, Who's that in the background? Someone talking about <laughs> travel, probably. Stop. That sounds like Richard. Is that Richard? It is. Yeah, right, yeah. I know that voice. We're, getting a, we're getting a little bit in. We're getting a little bit in. Here we go. This is this is Kelly Betts getting pwned. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. That's oh a little, dear. That's a little bit quiet. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let's have a little listen. Hang on our introducing station. Let's see. Station. Thank you very much. Stage. Stage. Travel news. Thank you. Beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the M25 around the junction 21 Felix. for the M1 towards junction 19 for Watford in both directions. It's looking slow there. It's also busy on the North Orbital Road at the Park Street roundabout and the turning for the A414. And on the A404 in Coles Hill, there's electricity works going on at Wealdon Lane, which could cause some delays, but it's not looking too bad at the moment. It is busy in and out of Aylesbury, though. On But on the A413, it's slow from Buckingham Park to the centre in both directions. Samantha Brough, Over three counties. Overran a little bit there, Sammy. We're coming up to, to 701. Uh, I mean, it's going to be disciplinary. Or 10 or dis- disciplinary, mate, I'm afraid. That's one strike. One strike. Sorry, Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, government task force to visit Bedfordshire Police. Detectives given more time to question Milton Keynes' murder suspect. And MPs visiting HS2 route in Buckinghamshire this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. A government task force will visit Bedfordshire Police next month on what's been described as a fact-finding mission into the force's funding. Five Home Office officials will spend two days in the county. It follows the public voting against plans by Police Commissioner Ollie Martins to raise council tax to fund more officers. Some small forces are uh, beginning to struggle with the financial circumstances Uh, and of course the problem that we face is that we're underfunded so uh, we don't receive uh, the level of resource that, that matches the 
crime challenges that we that we face. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be required. 31-year-old Ashley Gillard was found dead after a fire at a flat on Monday night. Detectives have been given more time to question a 25-year-old man arrested on suspicion of murder. Members of the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning. They'll be talking to people who live along the proposed route of the high-speed line. More from Paul Scoynes. The visit's being made so MPs can see how the £50 billion line will impact on residents and businesses in Buckinghamshire. They'll be visiting a number of affected places, including Wendover Dean, King's Ash and Coombe Hill. At the present time, campaigners are particularly pressing on the government to commit to a tunnel that would run under the whole of the children's area of outstanding natural beauty. The Chancellor, George Osborne, has announced plans to start selling the government's stake in the Royal Bank of Scotland, even though it could mean a loss of billions of pounds to the taxpayer. Speaking at the same event, the Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, outlined plans for rogue traders to be jailed for up to ten years. A man from Bedfordshire who served two decades in prison for murder will have to wait to see if his conviction is quashed. Kevin Lane was jailed for the contract killing of a man in Hertfordshire in 1994, but it's since emerged that a corrupt policeman led the investigation. Judges at the Court of Appeal yesterday decided to reserve judgment without hearing a second day of evidence. Sally Chitsoy was in court. They left, then they came back into the courtroom, sat down and said they, they effectively had heard enough that they would defer judgment, they'd hand down a judgment at some time in the future. And that was it, the case ended. It doesn't look too good for the attempt by Kevin Lane to clear his name, but we'll have to wait and see. A Hatfield family are calling on the University of Hertfordshire to issue strict guidelines to students living in private accommodation after claiming to have suffered months of antisocial behaviour. Vicky Holland says her children have been sworn at and kept awake by noisy students living next door. The university says it already takes a proactive approach and works closely with the police and council to investigate complaints. In sport, the former England manager Steve McLaren has been confirmed as Newcastle head coach. The weather dry and sunny and feeling warmer again, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties <laughs> Thank you Simon Now I like the Hollies and we played a track uh, featuring Don, the original drummer from the Hollies, the original one, managed them for a bit, we were sat next to him in a cafe yesterday in Dunstable of all places Andrea, who lives in America and listens to this rubbish because American radio is dead, is gutted. She was listening and uh, her feed dropped just as we got... Did you play the Hollies? My feed... Did you play the Hollies? My feed dropped. Ah, the internet. And then she says, I'm selling my car to come over to see the Hollies. I can't believe I missed this. It's true, she's actually selling her car to come over and see the Hollies. Wow. I mean, it's not... The Hollies are not the Hollies. It's not even the original singer anymore. It's the singer... If I've got this right, the singer from the Hollies now is the singer from Shawaddy Waddy. Shawaddy Waddy. Shawaddy Waddy. We cannot talk like that we, unless we are being a Dalek. Exterminate Shawaddy Waddy. That is what we must do. Exterminate Shawaddy Waddy. Is that right, though? So it's the Shawaddy Waddy singer now. It's the Shawaddy Waddy. Alan Clark, um, I think he was... I, 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 my Hollies knowledge is not too hot. I think he was the original singer. Your Hollage. <laughs> well done, well done. Come on, that's, that deserves a moment. Well done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, uh, yes, and he, he retired because his voice was going a bit. And uh, now it's the uh, it's the uh, the guy from Shawaddy Waddy. Well, they were both partial to a neckerchief, weren't they? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Coming up on the show, more of that rubbish.
I mean, across beds. I couldn't believe it. An observation. Yes. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Honestly, we're talking to this fella. Oh, I used to used to play in a group. We used to go up around Salford. Oh yeah, yeah. What was the group? The Hollies. Excuse me. That's not a group. That's the group. That's that's a, that's just that's an amazing group. And then I realised about a year ago, six months a year ago, I watched a two-hour-long documentary about the Hollies on. I think it was on Sky Arts or something. I don't know. He was in it. I remember him being in it. Mm. It's incredible. It's incredible, the people that you meet. Have we got any texts? Yes. Catherine, let's have some... 81333, start your text, 3CR, of course. OK, Mick in Welling Garden City muses... Morning, Mick. Has anyone said twist locks yet? No, you're the first. Well, well I'm the second. Yeah. Uh, Mark in Bletchley, great to have Justin back. Isn't Say it? hi from me. No. From him. We're not... From Mark. OK. Not sure what that means, but we're not going to do that. No, and that's it. Thank you very much indeed. Now, a Home Office task force has been uh, drafted in to help Bedfordshire Police sort out their finances. Beds are only one of two forces in the country to get help in this way. Earlier in the year, Lincolnshire Police received a similar visit. Andrew Salou is the MP for South West Bedfordshire. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. What exactly does this mean? Well, um, as we know, the people of Bedfordshire um, didn't vote for the uh, increase in the police precept and uh, I think the Home Office is now coming in just to have a look at how Bedfordshire Police are operating, whether they're making the best use of of the money which they do get from the Home Office and and from council taxpayers, just to make sure that we get the best possible service and to look at options for the future, I guess. Who are these people that are coming in? What's their speciality? Well, um, of course, the advantage the Home Office has is that it it funds and has oversight of uh, all the 42 police forces across the country as a whole. So there are people within the Home Office, some will be former police officers who have considerable expertise uh, looking at uh, how police forces use the money they're given, how they organise themselves, whether they can do better, the degree to which they collaborate with um, neighbouring forces on back office functions and so on. So I imagine it's those type of issues they will be looking at. Could, uh, this could be perceived, Andrew, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, as a criticism of Ollie Martins and the way that he's running things as the PCC. Well, what I'm about is trying to make sure that my constituents and indeed the people across the whole of Bedfordshire just get a really uh, first-class policing service. This is such a big issue to people. It's so awful if you've been burgled or assaulted. You know, the police really, really matter in our lives. Um, Bedfordshire is a very small police force and um, it's not actually very fairly treated within the national funding formula because there's something called damping. In other words, we get less money than the formula says that we should get. It's treated as a rural force, isn't it? It's treated as a rural force and obviously Luton makes particular demands on the force, uh, not least it's got the fifth biggest airport in the whole of the UK. Um, So it, it, it does have particular challenges and pressures so therefore it's even more important that you know every penny they get is really well used you know how can the police use technology to help them spend more time out on the beat actually serving the public can they collaborate more with you know Hertfordshire Cambridgeshire Thames Valley and so on I imagine those are the type of issues they will be looking at uh, there are going to be more cuts uh, in funding uh, to, to the police um, should local residents be concerned 
Well, I think the key thing is that we use the money we have as effectively as possible and that the organisation is as well designed as possible. One bit of good news, though, is that they are um, changing the model where sort of all our officers were based in Bedford or in Luton. They are moving to more what they call community bases. There'll be one in Dunstable in my constituency on the 22nd of June, a further one in, in Biggleswade. And I've been told in a letter from Bedfordshire Police they're hoping to move their police officers officers back across the whole of Bedfordshire to more community bases, as they call them, um, over the next year. Now, that is really good news because, frankly, um, it was a big mistake and it hasn't worked, what they did, you know, brigading all the officers in, in, in Luton and Bedford. Uh, can the police force, uh, Bedfordshire police force, be expected to uh, provide the level of policing it has been providing with less and less money? Well, look, the country has to live within its means. You know, the government doesn't have any money. The government only has the money that it takes from uh, taxpayers. So, you know, many parts of the public sector are having to be more efficient and more effective. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a challenge for Bedfordshire Police in common with other police forces. Personally, I've thought that Bedfordshire has been unfairly funded compared with other forces for quite some period of time, and it does have the demands of... Luton with the airport and so on, which put extra pressures on it. I hope the review will look at that aspect as well as organisation and as well as collaboration with other forces. Uh, and how long does this process take, Andrew? Do we do we know? Is there kind of like a, a potential end date for the, well, for the task force? Well, I haven't force? been given an end date, but um, I see Mike Penning, the police minister, pretty uh, regularly, so I will stay on his tail on, on this matter. I hope it doesn't last too long, mm. because policing really matters to people. You know, our police officers do a fantastic job, as do the civilian support staff who look after them. Um, this service really matters to the people of Bedfordshire. So we want to get on with it. We want the best possible organisation. Um, and we want them working as efficiently as possible. It's interesting you say it matters, because we hear that it does, but it obviously didn't matter enough for them to say um, they would pay a few more quid for, for 100 extra coppers. Well, And that surprised me, that outcome. Yes, well, the, the, mean, the, 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 the outcome didn't surprise me, actually, but I think people made a mistake in voting not to spend a few more quid. Yes. I mean, I wish, ideally, that this, this whole um, issue of how Bedfordshire Police are funded and what we would have got for um, the extra money... Um, I wish we could have had that debate over a longer period of time. Mm. I wish we could have gone into it more thoroughly. I think there were certain legal constraints on, on, on how that was done, which um, I think is, uh, which is just uh, how it is. But um, I, I, I wish we could have had a fuller debate, but we can't turn the clock backwards. We are where we are. Um, we have to you know, be as efficient and effective with the money that the force does get. Um, I personally hope that the national funding formula will be looked at as far as Bedfordshire is concerned. It is a very small force with, with particular pressures. And then, you know, frankly, it's just a question of doing the best we can for the resources that they have okay. with, you know, the most efficient form of organisation. I do appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Andrew Salou, MP for South West Bedfordshire. Um, it's interesting, though, isn't it? We all, hey, we all want better police force. We all want more coppers. We all want them to, you know, we all want more cars out there. Well, all of that, but it turns out that not many people wanted to pay a little bit more for it. And I kind of think, um, well, I'm supposed to be vaguely impartial. I, 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 had that been in my local area, I think I would have thought long and hard, weighed up the pros and indeed the cons, and um, voted, uh, yeah, let's, let's spend a few more quid. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I would have done. You're right, Kath. Yeah, it was Goinsy. Oh, what does she want? Oh, oh with, with a question. Mm. <laughs> he said, oh, I've missed it now, but he did the question anyway. Went, what, what, what was the question I should have asked Andrew Salou? Well, from... he said he said it was Andrew's government who set the uh, the agenda in the first place.
Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Thanks. We've, we've said it. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's all groovy, man. It's all groovy. The I love Scoinzo. Uh, you know, I mean, she's a bit. When she she's not been in for ages. When's she coming in with her posh know. cough? When she feels like she's swan swan. Hey, Scoinzo. Guess what I got from my in-laws for my birthday? It was a the weird pairing of presents from my in-laws. Delightful. I got four T-shirts from M&S, like plain T-shirts. Lovely. I'll wear one tomorrow. And some posh cheese and chutney. Boom shakalak. Can't argue with that. Scoins, I got T-shirts and cheese. I'm living the dream. I won't fit in the T-shirts if I eat all of the cheese. Uh, but I got T-shirts and I got cheese. Wow, Thank you. You really are living the dream. I'm 42. That's what happens. Yeah. What, what did you get for your 42nd? I, I'm not there. Uh, sorry, we seem to have lost your... I know you're not there. It's a long time ago, but cast your mind back. What did you get? Oh, I got that pickled sausage. Pickled sausage? It doesn't even make sense. I know it was the first thing I could think of when I was doing the voice. All right, Kath, calm down. Well, I actually meant it was pickled egg and battered sausage. And when I said battered sausage... Hey, steady, calm down! When I say butter sausage, what I mean was... No, we're having none of that filth. come in there? No, what? Do you want me to come in there? Hey, no, 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 no. You don't no, want no. me to come in there? No, 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 no. Put that down. Put that down. Just a little Calm bit. Down, will you? But a little bit of bants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, put, that's put happening the, a lot lately. Put the battered sausage down. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 19 for Watford. It's also busy in Mill Hill on the A1 Watford Way southbound from the apex corner towards the Broadway at Mill Hill Circus. And looking at the speed sensors on the A5 in and out of Mark Yates on the sort of north side of it, it looks very busy in both directions between Lynch Hill and the town centre of Mark Yates. It's also looking quite slow on the M1 southbound uh, from the Luton southbound towards Hemel uh, Hempstead is where the queue uh. started uh, to go to. No reports of any problems on the trains, though. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Didx. 7.15. Dinosaurs are rubbish, aren't they? Aren't they? What's your favourite dinosaur, sir? Didx. OK. 7.15. It is Thursday, the 11th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A government task force will visit Bedfordshire Police next month on what's been described as a fact-finding mission. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. And MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. See Three Counties Radio. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years, till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JD oh. Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Geraldine's right, we've lied to the listeners. We were going to be playing Uno this morning. We forgot to play Uno this... Kelly, you forgot to remind us to play Uno this morning. I didn't even bring my cards in. Don't cry because I'm criticising you, Kelly. If you're going to cry, get out of the studio. don't want to see a girl crying. Reminds me of um, Crying Girls. My favourite band. Good morning, Catherine. Sorry? Yeah. What were you saying? said I didn't bring my cards in. I forgot. We can do it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. But thanks for the reminder. And then Lisa Hunter has said... We're talking about famous people you met in CAFs. Yeah. 
And I don't get this. It was 19... OK, famous people you've... you've uh, here we go. This is the phone-in. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I looked at Hugh Laurie in a cafe. I didn't meet him. Famous people you've met whilst either you or they were eating. OK. That's Can what I we'll do. Hugh Laurie? Because I did double back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, did you? Yeah. What, Stephen Fry? What do you mean, double-backed? I don't... Well, I walked past, saw oh, him, he was I... sitting in the window eating a bacon sandwich, and I... I'm sorry. Went back again. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I thought you meant... I know that's what you think you meant. Two time. Wow. To quote the Fugees, one time. Two time. Well, I did, yeah, I did. Three time? You've got to be sure, haven't you? Um, so, celebrities that you've met whilst you or they were eating. Lisa says, it was 1981. I was at a BBQ. This lady talking about her daughter in a group got the Polaroids out. It was only Shirley Hollyman's mum. Hmm? Oh, is that Shirley from Pepsi and Shirley? Yes, it is. <laughs> why, why, from who, Martin Kemp. Who knows Shirley from Pepsi and Shirley's last name? Well, Nobody. But I googled it and now I do. Pepsi and Shirley. Morning, Denden. Morning. Morning, Denden. How are you? Hey. Now then, famous people. That you've met while you or they were eating? Yes, they were, actually. What were they eating? They were in, well, in my dance hall days, and there was a young lady called Rita, uh, Rita Rosa. Rita, Rita, Rita Rosa? Little Rosa. Rita, Rita Little Rosa? Yeah, that was her nickname, no, Little Rosa. Okay. Unfortunately, as she was eating, I could see it all the way down her throat. She never kept her mouth shut once. Except a bite, and then then she was chewing like mad. I thought you meant she had a transparent esophagus. No, no. I will, a big That's mouth, you're thinking of the Egyptians. The food was being. Oh, I thought she was regurgitating. Well, the question is though, Dan. Two questions I've got for you. Let me ask the first one first. What was she eating? I don't know. Some some sandwich, I suppose. Okay. Second question. Who on earth is little Rita Rita? Little Rita. Who? Little? Lita Rosa. Little Rita Lita Loza. No, no. Yes. Lita Rosa. Rita? Rita? Rita Banshee Dancer. No, she... she What's this woman's name? And who is she? I've no idea. She was well, thanks singer. for calling, Dennis. <laughs> We're not just asking when have you seen someone with a... a, 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 a with a mouthful. A mouthful. Celebrities that you've met, it's very, very specific. Whilst you or they were eating. I once had, um, was I eating? Can I tell this story? Well, pretend you were and then you can. I was once chomping on a sandwich and David Frost came up to me while I was holding my nephew, who was a baby at the time, and said, what a beautiful baby. Did you David Frost was... came up to me. Did you pretend he was yours? You were there that day. This was, um, this would have been ten years ago. You were there that day. Live eight. That's right. Yeah, I was, I was, except I was, I was with the normal people yep. at the back making poverty history and you were living it up with the rich people I was the in the celebrity enclosure. I didn't understand the logic of that. I was in the celebrity enclosure, got a couple of golden tickets for my um, my sister and her husband as well. They brought the baby. He pooed himself all down the leg on the way out. But, but David Frost came up to me. Gosh. It was weird, the celebrity enclosure. I saw a really famous um, uh, DJ. He's not a DJ anymore. And when I mean DJ, I mean, like, radio DJ. Off his mash on cocaine, it was embarrassing. Oh, it was embarrassing. I've seen people on cocaine before. And sometimes it's amusing. Generally, it's quite boring. But the, it was embarrassing all over the shop. Really famous man. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Mm. All over the shop. Now, there's a weird bit, right? I was at the back with my mate, Manda. And she was going, I can't see anything from here. It was a weird bit. I'm there backstage with this um, coked-up disc jockey. Uh, Vernon Kay was there. And I know Vernon a little bit. 
I knew this. I did, did I know this disc jockey? Oh, well, he was talking to me. He was talking to everyone. Wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> Vernon Kay and Ulrika Johnson. Yeah, that was quite a good impression. Who I'd never met, right? And so I'm, we're, we're kind of all talking. And then Cokehead goes off to do um, uh, something. Probably more. And then Vernon went off and they said, I'm stood there with Ulrika Johnson, who I don't know. And it was really awkward for 30 seconds. And she, then she just went, I'm off. And she walked off. And I thought, goodness for that. Goodness for that. Good that, story. That's my live ex story. What did you do to end poverty, guys? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. A petition has been started by a group of Hatfield residents. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I've just seen we've got two people on the phone. I thought, I'm glad I didn't go to the second one. I thought that was connected to this. So you've got to put the lines in between it to separate. It confuses my eyes. Um, it's Dr Watts talking about a famous eater. Uh, a petition's been started by a group of Hatfield residents who are fed up uh, of their noisy student neighbours. Vicky Holland says her kids are being kept awake at night so much they've been late for school. Well, Vicky's on the line now. Morning, Vicky. Morning. So tell us what's been going on. Um, basically, we had student neighbours move in in October of last year, um, and since they moved in, we've hardly been able to sleep at night. How many students were living there? Uh, only three, okay. which, is, which is quite a small amount for the area. So boys the or girls? Uh, boys. Okay. And what kind of um, what kind of when they when they moved in, did they come round and introduce themselves? No, they uh, didn't. No, we went round to them and introduced ourselves. See, I always I think that's always such a bad sign of of, of when somebody <laughs> moves in. I, I I was brought up. You move somewhere new, even yeah. if it's only temporary. You go and knock on the uh, next door and you say hello. My name's Ian. And listen, if we make too much noise, do come and you know you, 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 it's just polite, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Well, well done, you Vicky, for going round. Um, uh, and did they seem like nice lads? They. Do you know what they did? Yeah. They did, and they did the whole time they were there. That was half of the problem, was they were so oh. nice. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what kind of stuff were you having to put up with? Um, just shouting, laughing, banging on the walls. It started off not too bad. Um, when they first moved in, it was just every now and again. Yeah. And we would go round and have a word, and they would apologise. Um, but as the term went on, it got louder and it got more consistent, and it was weeknights, Monday to Friday night. Now, Vicky, you, you, you sound like a sensible young young lady. You can't have <laughs> been upset that they were just laughing. No, it was it was just continuous banging, shouting from about eleven o'clock at night until five o'clock in the morning. Oh, flip it. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that makes it. Um, and I'm assuming you 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 mentioned this to them. Then you'd say, "Hey, come on, lads, yeah. button it up." Yeah, and they would just apologise and say they were sorry. They didn't realise they were making that much noise. And when when they apologise so many times, you know they're then aware of what they're doing. Yeah. How did it affect How did it affect you and your family? Um, it, to be honest, it was it was horrendous. It was awful. Um, sleep deprivation is one of the worst things I've ever experienced. Um, it just you can't think straight. My my children were crying in the mornings before school. They were crying in school. How old are your they kids? Were, um, my son has just started school. He started this year. He's five. Oh, bless him. And I know it's his first year of school, and yeah. it, it just ruined it for him. Yeah. Um, my daughter's two, so she's at nursery. Okay. Um, but it had a, a massive impact on yeah, them. Yeah, of course it does, yeah. Um, who's uh, who's to blame, do you think, Vicky? I mean, obviously them for being I I idiots and being selfish. Yeah. Selfish is probably the better word. But, I mean, do you, yeah. the, the, do you blame the university, the council, the the landlord? Um, honestly, I blame all of them. Right. That's the truth. I think it's, it's um, a joint effort from all of them for them to control the students that they're attracting to the area, and they're failing. It's not happening. 
They have procedures in place which just aren't effective enough. Uh, who, the, the, the university? They all do. Um, the university have procedures, disciplinary procedures. Yeah. But you as a resident have to provide the evidence. Because we talked, very hard. we talked to the university when they were introducing yeah. these procedures. Well, how long ago was that, Kath? Three months ago, four yeah, months ago, something like that. And they came on and they said we're going to take this very, very serious. Was it them or the students' union we spoke to? I want to make sure. Yeah. I, think, I think it was. I think it was the university. Okay, and they said Vicky, we're going to take this very, very seriously, and uh, we, yeah. we will. If anyone complains, we will treat this, with, you know, with the respect it deserves. What happens when you spoke to the university? Um, the university do effectively take it seriously. You do feel like they are listening to you, but it's the, the repercussions for the students after just aren't effective enough. Right. The university will visit the property the next day and effectively give them a tap on the wrist. Because it's, we were told not... they could be chucked off their courses. Yep, I've been told that, but it it doesn't seem to happen. I'm not seeing <sighs> that that happens. Well, what's the point of having that rule? Exactly. That whole I, policy? Because I... we, we, I'll be honest, Vicky, when we spoke to them, I, th- when they came on, I thought, well, this is a little bit of a boring story, but yeah. if, it, if it helps people, we might as well have it on. And it turns out we got them on for nothing, that we were just their yeah. mouthpiece and they, they've, they've done nothing. That, that's exactly how it feels. It feels like it's massive PR for the university. That's that's my cynical view, obviously, from being in this position. The university haven't come on today. They've given us a statement. Let me yeah. uh, let me read it. It's the first time I've read this. Let's see what they say. Uh, the university takes a proactive approach to antisocial behaviour and works closely with the police and council to investigate any complaints. Its dedicated community liaison team works hard to manage any issues raised by local residents and also impacts, uh, sorry, inputs proactive measures to improve community relations, such as, such as setting up noise patrols. I remember, yeah, the noise patrols they mm. talked about during key times in the calendar. Students make a valuable contribution to the local community and the vast majority of respectful of their neighbours. Okay. What, what do you reckon to that? Um, Didn't I happen. Think, <laughs> basically, I think that the university do pay for six weeks of noise patrol. But what about the other 40-odd weeks when, when we're at home at 5 o'clock in the morning, the police won't come out, the university won't come out, environmental health won't come out, and you're listening to screaming and shouting and banging on your party wall at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you're alone, you're helpless. It's literally a party wall. You've got a little it, bit of a yeah. break now. With the, 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 have they broken up for some holidays now, universities? Um, they, have, they had their contract cut short in the end because there was so much pressure oh. on the landlord, yes. Uh, we had councillors involved. We had it was a fight. It was a massive fight to have anything done about it. Right. So they have now gone, but we're seeing people going in and out of the property, and it's it's a horrible time, not knowing what's going to happen, oh, not knowing who's yeah. It's, it's, and I know it it's tough as well. When you, I've got five and three year olds, and I know that that sleep yeah. is a very precious commodity anyway, really isn't is. it? With that, <laughs> um, Vicky, keep in touch. Let us know how it goes, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Uh, is, is your boy settling into school now, though? Is he enjoying he it? He is. He loves it at school. Yeah. It's nice. Now that he's allowed to sleep, it's lovely. Yeah, and it's, 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 I, I know it sounds harsh, but it's good for the parents to get a little bit of a break as well, isn't it? It really is, yeah. <laughs> Vicky, thank you very much indeed. There's Vicky Hollands there. Who was it we spoke to, Catherine? It was Ross Renton, who that is was the... It. It was about opera- they called it Operation Balsam. <laughs> it ain't working. And I thought at the time, this is a bit of puff. This, and I, I, it always annoys me, we've been sucked into their PR machine. We were their, we were their mouthpiece, and it turns out they're not doing anything. Well, it would appear from, that, from Vicky's story, let's be accurate, it would appear from Vicky's story that they're, uh, they're, they're not, it's not working. I think you challenged them quite robustly at the time. I don't think we were sucked <clears> in at all. <clears throat> OK, well, there we go. All right, Vicky, thank you very much indeed. We'll do some texts in a minute. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is really busy anti-clockwise between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40, but it's also very busy on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Watford on Exchange Road, that's very slow around Beach and Grove. And looking at the speed sensors in Hitchin, it's looking really busy in both directions into and out of Hitchin on Offley Road and Parkway. On the train departure board, so there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. South West Bedfordshire MP Andrew Salou has told this programme he wants the Home Office investigation into the county's police force resolved as quickly as possible. Five Home Office officials will spend two days in the county next month on what has been described as a fact-finding mission. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be required. 31-year-old Ashley Gillard was found dead after a fire at a flat on Monday night. Detectives have been given more time time to question a 25-year-old man. MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. And the Chancellor, George Osborne, has announced plans to start selling the government's stake in the Royal Bank of Scotland, even though it could mean a loss of billions of pounds to the taxpayer. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The former England manager Steve McLaren has been confirmed as Newcastle head coach, replacing the sack John Carver. More from Ian Dennis. Not only was Steve McLaren appointed head coach, but also he became a director along with Chief Scout Graham Carr in a reshuffle at St James's Park, which included owner Mike Ashley relinquishing his seat on the board. McLaren will now see how it works on the other side, an insight into how decisions are made. Some remain controversial, such as the new head coach, only allowed to speak to preferred media partners. However, what shouldn't be lost is the statement in black and white that Newcastle United have rediscovered their ambition. McLaren's target of a top eight finish and to win a trophy is surely a positive step back in the right direction. Stevenage supporters will get the chance to quiz chairman Phil Wallace tonight at a fans forum at the club. It's the first such event since the departure of manager Graham Westley and the appointment of former England star Teddy Sheringham. Arsenal's Jack Wilshire could face a ban after accepting an FA misconduct charge. Wilshire led supporters in singing anti-Tottenham songs during the FA Cup victory parade. And Watford's Anthony Joshua has been ranked number two in the World Boxing Council's latest heavyweight rankings. The unbeaten Olympic champion has knocked out all 13 of his professional opponents. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at eight. Hang on! Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is oh, Ian Lee. BBC <laughs> Three Counties Radio. Did you see me jump over a chair then? I jumped over a chair. My legs are killing me at the moment, but I've got... Oh, ah, soles, yes. I've got new insoles. I've got new insoles on my shoes. They are so comfortable. Oh, ah, they are so comfortable. They're springy. Ah, springy, springy. You know your mistake when you went on your two-mile uh, two hike. Was it two miles or two hours? It was two hours, mate. That's probably two like miles 30 then. miles. You do two miles an hour normally. Shut up. No, you don't. You do five miles an well, hour. You've got quite... Yeah, actually, I forget you. you don't, no, 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 you don't do... 
one walks two miles an hour. You You've do... got your legs are twice the length of mine. Sometimes I was striding purposefully. Five miles an hour <laughs> is, is the average, but I was walking through um, uh, wood, so I would probably I would say about three and three quarter miles an hour. So I've did about seven miles. Yeah, your point. The point is, you should have double socked. Oh, right, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll no, it's the, any serious hiker would double sock that. It was no, 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 no. I don't get this double sock thing. That's going to create friction. No, 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 no. It creates a natural cushion. Friction. So Nuki is trying to um, uh, improve its image. Yes. It's never going to do it. When I was a lad, we went. I remember going to New Quay. We did too. It was exotic. Oh, it, it took and us we, ages to get we there. had. Um, we got. We got caught in some drinking thing with these older guys. We were seventeen, and we were drinking um, green chartreuse. I don't even know what that is, right? Chartreuse, it means green, doesn't it? It's well, we, we, it, with the drink we had was green chartreuse, right? And it was green, and they set fire. These hard lads said, "Right, see what boys." Uh, let's uh, buy you a drink. Green chartreuse is all round, right? So we had these, and they, they set fire to them, right? And I'd never seen a set fire drink before. Mm. I was 17 years old, wait, and so wait, I still don't get that. Do you? Why no. do they do that? I guess it's burning. I don't know what it's doing. Anyway, so I went to drink it while it was burning. What? Oh, it's on fire, and the hard guys who were probably like 21, 22, so they were a lot older than us. Uh, they laughed at me and called me an idiot. Hang on a second. I was about to take a drink of something that was on fire. That makes me really, really hard. Mm. And so we had it. We didn't have much money. So we had these drinks and we went, all right, lads, well, it's been nice meeting you. And they went, what? It's been nice meeting you. We're, we're, we're off. No, you are us a drink. Oh, flipping it. We got caught in rounds, didn't we? We got caught in rounds. Oh, dear. Uh, 08459 455 555. We're asking, who have you seen? Who, 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 what is famous? I can't do this in English, please. We'll do the new key thing in a minute. What Sorry. famous people have you seen while they were, or you were eating? Cindy? Hello. I wasn't eating, though. That's the only thing. Were they eating? Um, they were eating. That's OK. As long as someone was eating, Cindy, then this story <laughs> is allowed on the radio this morning. <laughs> what was being eaten first of all? Chips. Oi, beautiful. It's a classy celeb. <laughs> Who did you see eating chips? Paul Weller. Hey! Yeah. The, the mod father himself. Where was this, Cindy? This was 15 years ago yep. at a festival, yep. and I had a friend who was a concert promoter, yeah. um, and he got a backstage party, Ooh. and he was eating chips, and I saw Skunk and Anzi and Oasis, but Paul Weller let me hug him and have a picture taken. Did he really? Because I always it thought... Was... Hang on a minute, was Skunk and Anzi and Oasis eating? No. Show Cindy! Cindy, oh, you can't sorry. tell that story. Oh, I always sorry. thought that Paul Weller was a little bit grumpy. Oh, no, he was lovely. Was he charming? Absolutely charming. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, no, he was lovely. Oh, and so were the other two. Kelly's telling me a story about Paul Weller. Does it involve food, Kelly? In that he is a dish. He's a what? A dish. Thank you. No, it did. Uh, Cindy, thank you very much, Dr Watts. Hello. Celebrities that you have seen eating or you have been eating while you've seen them. OK, so picture the scene. I've gone out of my TV repair shop for a little break in the cafe across the road. Beautiful. Who's in there? Jules Holland eating a bacon sarni. Ladies and gentlemen, a bacon sandwich. So there you go. <laughs> I said to him, what the hell are you doing in here? Was he doing it in a boogie-wiggy fashion? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. 
He's playing the you know. I said, what the hell are you doing here? And he said, uh, well, they wouldn't make me a bacon sardine in the hotel, so I come over here instead. Ladies and gentlemen, tomato ketchup. <laughs> hey! Uh, Dr. And, Watson, did he, eat it with, did he eat it with style and panache? Because I always like to imagine celebrities just a little bit more special than us. Well, I don't know. He didn't really shut his mouth much. He just, you know, chomping away like a good one. But, that's uh, that's Jules, Jules Holland chomping away like a good one. Thank you very much indeed. Phil? Good morning. What can you, what can you, here we go, this is going to be clever. What can you add to the menu of Celeb this morning? Oh, I've got a good one, I've got a good one. Go on, Phil. Very good. Back in the 70s, I was going to see The Who at the Delicium in the Strand. Oh, this is already one of the best stories I've ever heard. Continue. And uh, I thought I'd go and get something to eat beforehand, and me and my wife-to-be, we went off into a grotty little cafe just off of the Strand, in the little side streets, and who was sitting there? Oh, go on. With ham, egg and chips in front of him, had a cup of tea, packet of Peter Stuyvesant, and it was Mr Townsend. Ladies and gentlemen, you saw a rock god having a fry-up, having ham, egg and chips, and a packet of fags. How cool is that, man? Yeah, and I've lost a serviette with your autograph for me. <laughs> yeah. did, well, did, now, was he, I, I imagine that, that Pete Townsend, whereas Jules Holland, I imagine he's a bit of a classy eater, Pete Townsend, he's going to shove it all in, isn't he? He doesn't care. Well, he was he was very, very deep. He was in those in, in the 70s, obviously, with the old uh, whatever. Yeah. And he looked to be very, very deep. When he got up on the stage, it was just amazing. Oh. Uh, Phil, thank you very much. Just like, just like you're going to be in October, Ian. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Phil. What? October the 17th, you remember? Reminded me yesterday, October the 17th, Luton Library. I do, oh, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Phil. <laughs> but tickets are still available. Thanks very much indeed. We'll see you there, Phil. Now, I'm not allowed to talk about it on the BBC. See you there, Phil. It's weird. I'm not allowed to talk about it on this BBC, but if I go to another BBC, for example, I can say I'm playing two shows in Birmingham. I've, ch- I've checked into the rules. I'm playing two shows in Birmingham. Solo shows October the 17th. There are still a few, but not many tickets available. Can't talk about any local shows here. Good job you haven't been speaking about it. No, it's good. And I'm, go- I'm going on. I'm going on BBC Radio Brighton or whatever it's called to talk about the shows I'm doing in Brighton. How to Brighton up Isn't that there? weird? Can isn't I it? not interview you? Can I not? Interview no, I'm not allowed to talk about it here. Can, it's can really JBC weird. interview you? No. Can I'm, Nick Coffer interview you? I don't think so. Can Roberta interview you? No, he cannot. What about Edward? Oh yeah, Edward a dude, uh, a doo coming. I keep saying a doo-doo. because there's a, isn't there a character in the Inspector Clouseau cartoon, which I would say was superior to the films called uh, a doo-doo. Anyway, uh, a doo-doo. Wasn't that girl you used to work with called that? Um, possibly, yeah. Anyway, he's co- he Edward Adu is um, who's he taking over from on the weekend? Nesta, uh, Nesta McGregor, uh, and it turns out Edward's quite a nice bloke. He, he turned up an hour late for training the other day. I mean, instantly it, got it my takes respect. Takes some beating to get better than Nesta, but he's a nice oh, fella. He texted me last night, and I forgot to get back to him. Anyway, he's gonna he's, his new show starts on Sunday. Yeah, and I said we'll get you on. We'll get tell you what we'll do, uh, Edward. We'll get you. And we'll get your producer on, don't know who it is, we'll get you and your producer on on Friday to talk about the show and sell it, you know, because it'd be great. You're new to the team, but part of the family. We'll sell it. Who's your producer? <laughs> well, is this idiot? Lower. 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 Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Fried, fried, fried potatoes. Is this plum? Is producing a radio show. Hang on. At the touch of the leather, I quiver and gasp. Oh. He walks around me again, trailing the crop around the middle of my body. And on his second circuit, he suddenly flicks the crop and it hits me underneath my doodah. Against you know what? The shock runs through me and it's the sweetest, strangest, hedonistic feeling. He's 
producing a show. And, and when Edward said that, I said, no, seriously, who's producing the show? He went, it's Matt Lockwood. I'm so, so sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. Because Edward is cool, right? He's good. And Matt is... Um... Uh, what, uh, how would you? Coleslaw, potato I'll describe salad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. him. That's Matt. Matt is. Matt is. Coleslaw, potato salad. So anyway, we'll, we'll, I said I'll get them both on the show on Friday. We'll, we'll do it. Right, we'll do it like about two minutes to, to to nine. We'll just get it and get it out of the way. I mean, you reckon? I just I just don't want to get involved if I'm honest. It's going to end in tears. Hey, so I'm reading Johnny Rotten's autobiography. Interesting he mentioned Still, the that's Huda. taking you ages. Yeah, it's, well, once he's got into Public Image Limited, I'm not so interested. Still a good book. Uh, and he was talking about Pete Townsend, mid-70s, did the film Quadrophenia. Here's something I didn't know. Guess who Pete Townsend wanted to play the um, part of Phil Daniels in the film Quadrophenia? Shane Ritchie. No. Ronnie Corbett. No. Paul Weller. Oh, hang on, you're not answering this question properly, are you? Yeah, I am. Go on, We're then. guessing. You said guess. We're having yeah. a guess, aren't we? Silla Black. No, it was Johnny Rotten. Oh. I've just, I've just told you I'm reading Johnny well, Rotten's book. Why would he tell a story about Silla Black auditioning for the part in Quadrophenia? Johnny Rotten, Fair. The Who, wanted Johnny Rotten to be in it. He would have been rubbish. He would... Why is your beef with Johnny Rotten? He's good. You know the whole, you know that, oh, you horrible, dirty old man. Oh, no, that's Steptoe, hang on. You know the whole thing is an act, yeah, right? Yeah, so I despise you. I despise. Ha- ever had the feeling you've been had? Adam. <laughs> They've just come up with a, a Sex Pistols credit card, haven't they? Oh, yes, they have. Do you know what? He probably has nothing to do with it. I would Im- I, I imagine he has nothing to do with it. Everyone's going, oh, it's not very punk. I think it's the most punk thing you can do. I think I, they've obviously got a shed load... If, it, if he's behind it, they will have got a shed load of money for it, right? Their whole Sex Pistols career was them going to one record company, getting a load of money, then getting booted off that label before they released a record. They, they did that three times before they finally released a record. I think taking a load of money from the man is the most punk thing you can do. But isn't that encouraging other people who can't afford it to get into debt? No. How? No, it's not at all. It's, it's making your own decisions, your debt own... Debt cool. No, they're not saying that. They're making their own decisions. They're playing the system and they're getting the money. There's the, the one of the first pages in his book, right? I, I can't bother to find it. One of the first pages in his book, right? He talks about doing that butter ad, and everyone laughed at him for doing the butter ad, right? He went, "I was skint, I was nearly bankrupt. That ad got me out of debt, and it paid for me to make a new record." Fair enough. Beautiful, beautiful. That's punk. Yeah, but butter doesn't lead to people's lives spiraling out of control. It can do cholesterol. Uh-huh. Pat's in Houghton Regis. Good morning, Pat's. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Well, we've had a, a visit from the travelling community onto our village green. OK, lovely. And uh, w- we rang up the call centre to say that the town council has very strong bylaws that allows the police to move them off on immediately. Yep. That protect it. And she turned round to, to me and said, uh, well, you never voted for the uh, referendum. Oh. So... You know, what do you expect us to do in those kind of words? Who so who said that? The call centre staff. What, what, was this 101? Yes. And no, Pat! She went, that's a disgrace. And with that, the call centre person on the end of the line said, I'm not listening to that, I'm going to close the call down. Pat, may I, may I suggest that you were perhaps a little bit aggressive in your tone? No, I was actually putting over, trying to put over that there was you know, bylaws that can actually sort this problem out immediately. Yeah. I do appreciate they can't get the staff together, you know, in an evening, but 
I certainly wanted to take on board what was there. Uh, as and she really said, well, you didn't vote for the increase in the money towards the police so tough. Yeah, she really said that, yeah, in worse those effects, and that's how disgraceful it sounded. It sounded worse than what you said it. That's... Right, Pat, listen, I, 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 you are a regular contributor to the show, and uh, apart from um, uh, the fact that you've, uh, you, you, you've got a, a wife who's completely and utterly bonkers... Run, run away! Run for your life! Uh, apart from that... Um, <laughs> all right, I will in a minute. Uh, you're, 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 you know, I, I consider you to be pretty trustworthy in what you say. Uh, if, that, if, if anybody else has had that, had that then uh, 08459 555 Dial in 101, and the person on the line... Hang on one second. Fa- who's this on Fader 2? Sorry, hang on. What, what? It's really shy Sarah. Hello, shy Sarah. Hi. Hello, shy Sarah. What have you got for us? Um, celebrity eating. Oh, no, hang on. I'm talking to Pat about something serious. Just do it quick. Well, I'm talking to Pat about something serious, and then I've got... I can't. And then oh, I've got to go to travel. Should I have to wait? Pat's got a really... Did you not hear what Pat was saying? Well, I was talking to Sarah. No, this is sick, genuinely. Focus. This is important. Pat, tell, tell Kath what they said to you on 101. This is, this is good. Well, they were using the, the referendum as a, you know, as a reason why they shouldn't police Bedfordshire, really. They said to him, well, you didn't vote... Where's this effect? You, yeah. didn't, you didn't vote to spend more money on the police. What do you expect us to do about it? Oh! That kind of attitude was really... It was really hard-hitting. But, uh, you know, if she wanted a reason for it, that's exactly one of the reasons. Pat, listen, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. It's also looking really busy in Borehamwood now on the A1 southbound with queues from the Holiday Inn towards Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. In High Wycombe, there is still on the A40 London Road that's closed between Stewart Road and Marlow Hills. So looking at the surrounding areas on the CCTV cameras, it's not looking too busy at the moment, but it is looking busy in and out of Hitchin on the A607, A602 that's looking really slow, uh, approaching the A1 and in the other direction as well. No reports of any problems on the trains, though. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Shy Sarah, we will get to you, I promise. Uh, it's 7.47. It is uh, Thursday, the 11th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says he wants the Home Office investigation into the county's police force resolved as quickly as possible. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. And MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. Shy Sarah, stay there. Scoynes, stay there. It's Elizabeth's turn to shine. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A lovely June day today. Lots of sunshine around, fine and dry. And we're looking at temperatures by the time we get up to the afternoon um, to uh, probably around 22 or 23 degrees Celsius. Some places even perhaps a touch higher than that. There's a bit of cloud around this morning, but that will disperse really very quickly now. And uh, the winds are a lot lighter than they have been recently too. The sunshine will last on into the evening. Then feeling very warm today. I have to warn you though, we do have some high pollen levels and they'll be even higher tomorrow. Overnight tonight, it'll be dry and mild, lows of around 12 or 13 degrees. And then tomorrow, a very warm day, feeling quite muggy, actually. We've got some very warm air coming up from the near continent, you see. So we could be looking at highs of 25 or 26 degrees Celsius. There'll be some sunshine around and it'll be dry for much of the day. But, 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 um, as we head into the late afternoon, first part of the evening, if we do get over a certain temperature, this could help to trigger off some thunderstorms. Now, not everywhere we'll see them, but where we do 
have them there could be some heavy downpours and we could be looking at quite a lot of surface water into tomorrow evening's rush hour in places too so certainly a risk of thunderstorms into tomorrow evening they'll rumble on into part of Saturday morning and then uh, we'll see more organised rain possibly on Saturday morning and then it will turn drier and brighter for the rest of Saturday highs of around 21 degrees a lot cooler into next week but still mostly dry and settled that's the forecast Next Tuesday, our phone number is changing. Hello, thanks for calling BBC Three Counties Radio. From midday on that day, you'll have to dial 03459 455 555 to take part in the phone-in. The damage is all my responsibility. Get your questions answered by Nick's experts. Can you just protect against parvo then? Chat to Ian. Matt's on the line. Morning, Matt. Hello. Oh, parvo, this man. Or to me. Hi, Roberto. And in a lot of cases, 03 numbers are part of your inclusive calls on your mobile. So remember, from next Tuesday, you need to dial 03-459-455-555 to stay in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sarah, good morning, Shy Sarah. Morning, Ian. We're asking, have you ever seen a celebrity while either you or they have been eating? And if so, what were they eating and who was it? Well, um, I was in the Hornsby, which is um, just down from the Savoy. Oh, yeah. Um, it was me and my husband. We were having lunch, and just across the way was John Simpson, the journalist. Yes. Nigel Haven. Oh, the charmer. The charmer, yeah. and Paul Lambertini. Paul G- Gambo was there. Oh, the Gambo, yeah. The Gambo. We love Gambaccini. We love the Gambo, and we were all chowing down, but not together. Did you? What, what, what was? Um, uh, what was? Let's find. Out, what was the chancer eating? The chancer. Oh, I don't know. Do you know what? We just couldn't quite see. They're eating, but they were all drinking bubbles. Well, yes, I bet they were. Yeah, and um, we, I was just having a boring salad, but um, yeah, it was a bit of a celebrity. I couldn't take any more after that. No, no, it, 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 it gets too much, doesn't it? When, you, when, you're, when a normal person like you is confronted by that much celeb, you just, yes. you just, you just kind of shut down a bit, don't you? Ian? Yes? I've got a crush on you. Thanks for calling, Sarah. Blimey. <laughs> wow. Wowzers. She's not shy. Well, let's find out how shy thank she you, is. Sarah. Thank you, No, don't thank... No, don't encourage that behaviour, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, she's got me all tongue-tied, Scoins. Delay. Hey. <laughs> there we go. This is, this, is the, this is the new BBC technology, guys. Yeah. Oh, no, honestly, trust us, the quality is better. Yeah, there's a delay. No, 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 no. It's, it's, no one will notice there's a delay. No, honestly, it won't notice. It sounds better. There's a delay. Isn't there, Paul? I'm going to start putting extra delay on now. Three seconds I counted there. Gosh. OK, I'm going to count, Paul, and I want you to start counting when you hear me... So I'm going to start counting from one, and I want you to start counting from one when you hear my numbers, OK? No, you're supposed to count to four, and I'm supposed to do five, six, seven, eight. That's the way they test it. No, no, no. Well, no, that won't... No, that's not... Well, that's a stupid way of testing it. I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, six. Probably get up to about seven or eight. No, this is a better way. And then when you hear my numbers start... This is the best way. You see? When you hear my numbers start, you then start from... just quality bants, mate. 
When you hear my numbers start, this is what the BBC is going to sound like from next week, guys. When you hear my numbers start, you start. Uh, have you got that? Yes, I have, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. One. Two. Six, oh, hang on, sorry. I seven. should have started at the same time that you started talking. Sorry. No, Do you start when you hear my one. I, I, I heard it before I said... Well, yeah, then, no, sorry, I should have done that. Apologies. Well, that was the only thing you had to do, was start when you heard my one. Is your brain delayed? No, no, no. I, you, Don't you, you get involved, started. Catherine. That slows everything down, because yeah. then he has to translate from Northern. Right. Oh. It is It is confusing. OK, start again, start again, start again. One, two, Why did you just don't just stop? Do it right. Do it again. And but keep a steady pace, mate. That's your problem in life. One, two, stopping. Why? Number nine. Number nine. One number nine two three four two five three six four seven five eight six nine ten Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch, China Clipper calling Alameda. China Clipper calling Alameda. Zilch, China Clipper calling Alameda. Self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the plea self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the plea self defense. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are. It is of my opinion that it is of my people that the now, work could start on the controversial HS2 railway line in less than two years. Residents have long campaigned against the scheme, which is costing at least, get this, guys, £50 billion. But some are resigned to it happening and think a tunnel underneath the Buckinghamshire Chilterns is the only option now. MPs from the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Wendover and other parts of the Chilterns today. And our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, drew the short straw. He's following them around. Paul, what are they going to be looking at? They're going to be looking, Ian, at a load of different places which are going to be affected by HS2. They'll be going from Wendover Station uh, to meet some people in Wendover. They'll then be driving around to a few areas, including a special school, which is having uh, its school playing field effectively taken out at the back uh, with a with the line. They'll then be going up to the very top of Coombe Hill, which is uh, a lovely view over the uh, sort of Chilterns and the Vale of Aylesbury, which uh, the campaigners say will be... Uh, uh, ruined by the uh, inclusion of HS2. I think they're also going to be meeting the National Trust, who've got concerns about Hartwell House and Waddiston Manor as well. So they've got a packed day, and I shall be following them around. Uh, this this tunnel, is it a realistic prospect, and how much more would it add to the budget, do we know? 
it would cost around 1.8 billion pounds. I think that's a, a shy estimate, if I'm honest. It'll probably be a little bit more than that. It's 15 miles from just north of the M25 to Wendover. It would go directly underneath the Chilterns, uh, and uh, there are some uh, tunnelling aspects of the current route, which HS2 Limited... direct down and it is uh, flat as well which they say will be uh, more efficient in the long term unlike this line pool which just dropped for the last 12 seconds but never mind hs2 where are we now is it definitely 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 happening well, there's going to be a vote on this hybrid bill, hybrid bill uh, which will probably take place next year, and then uh, spades could go into the ground as early as 2017. Uh, what some campaigners are hopeful is that uh, the government will see that it's a very expensive project and uh, will sort of row back on it, but as we heard in the Queen's speech, the government is set to press ahead with its uh, idea of, of pushing the northern powerhouse, as it's called, and HS2 is seen as a key factor in opening up the rest of the country. So if I was a betting man, I'd probably lay a fiver on it uh, it's starting work in a couple of years' time. OK, uh, Paul, thank you very much indeed. When are we going to see you in this, in this... Will we ever see you in this building again, Paul? We're moving next week. Are we ever going to see you again? Well, I was supposed to be here this morning. I know, it says on my screen. I was screen. supposed to be here this morning, and um, the traffic in Dunstable is very bad. Oh, and that's where we're moving to, right? Yeah, getting into it is fine. Getting out is is better, I understand. But going through Houghton Regis, I'll just do a live travel update. The road going through Havel, uh, Houghton Regis is awful. I mean, genuinely awful. OK, Scott, you're freestyling now, and as we've discovered, spontaneity does not befit these uh, this system that we're using, does it? No, it doesn't, no. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, we've just heard reports that a lane's blocked between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes because of an accident. It's also busy on the A5 next to uh, the M1. It's looking very slow, approaching Dunstable on the A5 from Tort Hill. And as Paul just said, it's slow between Houghton Regis and Dunstable on the high street in both directions. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40 and on the North Orbital Road there are queues around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Bedford on the A6 on Paula Radcliffe Way at the Roadworks on Clapham Road. That's looking a little slow on the speed sensors at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Sammy. Last hour of the show. Who have you seen eating or you were eating when you saw them and they've got to be famous as well. We'll find a better way of doing that. We'll speak to Justin Dealey as well. And your phone calls coming up after the news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. The headlines. MP urges quick decision on Bedfordshire Police. Detectives given more time to question Milton Keynes' murder suspect and gunmen rob village shop in late night raid. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says he wants the Home Office investigation into the county's police force resolved as quickly as possible. Five Home Office officials will spend two days in the county next month on what has been described as a fact-finding mission. South West Beds MP Andrew Salou says the way the force is funded is unfair. It does have the demands of Luton with the airport and so on, which put extra pressures on it. I hope the review will look at that aspect as well as organisation and as well as collaboration with other forces. I see Mike penning the police minister pretty uh, regularly, so I will stay on his tail on, on this matter. I hope it doesn't last too long. Mm. This service really matters to the people of Bedfordshire, so we want to get on with it. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be required. 31-year-old Ash Ashley Gillard was found dead after a fire at a flat on Monday night. Detectives have been given more time to question a 25-year-old man arrested on suspicion of murder. Members of the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning. The MPs will be talking to people who live along the proposed route of the high-speed line. Two shop workers have been robbed at gunpoint by two men in a late-night raid at a village shop in Bedfordshire. Police say it was a terrifying ordeal for the staff in barton le Clay. More from Leah. Agnew. The men, who were both armed with handguns, robbed McColl's newsagents in the centre of barton le Clay at around 9.45 on Sunday night. They stole a large amount of cash from the safe and the till and hundreds of pounds of scratch cards. Beds police say the robbers are potentially very dangerous men and want to trace a silver card that was seen in the area. The Chancellor, George Osborne, has announced plans to start selling the government's stake in the Royal Bank of Scotland, even though it could mean a loss of billions of pounds to the taxpayer... Labour said taxpayers expected their money back in full and would be suspicious of any rush to sell. Speaking at the same event, the Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, outlined plans for rogue traders to be jailed for up to ten years. A Hatfield family are calling on the University of Hertfordshire to issue strict guidelines to students living in private accommodation after claiming to have suffered months of antisocial behaviour. The university says it already takes a proactive approach and works closely with the police and council to investigate complaints. Vicky Holland says her children were kept awake by noisy students living next door. They had their contract cut short in the end because there was so much pressure on the landlord, yes. Uh, We had counsellors involved, we had... It was a fight, it was a massive fight to have anything done about it. So they have now gone... In sport, the former England manager Steve McLaren has been confirmed as Newcastle's head coach. The weather dry and sunny, feeling warmer again, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, it's Thursday, and I'm tired this morning. Slept terribly last night. Anyway, Kath, I'm going to use your brain so you can come up with something and send Delia out. I'm, I'm missing Delia, and he's. Let, let, try and think of something we can do with him in the last hour, if you will. It's just one of them shows, really. It's one of them shows. If you want to take part, you're more than welcome to. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um... Any Texas? Yeah. What we got? Okay, you've got these. Uh, I was sitting across from a big celebrity of films and TV. Yes. I couldn't see him eating all night. He was dressed as though he didn't want to be recognised. It was the Invisible Man. Oh, for uh, Pat it's... from Houghton Regis. You came on with a serious point earlier on. It's just ruined it all. Bants. Pam in Milton Keynes. Morning all. We had coffee in Milton Keynes. Looked up and sitting next to us was Ruth Gordon having a toasted sandwich. Who's Ruth Gordon? Now, Ruth Gordon is an extraordinary-looking girl. She yes. played Jane Eyre, uh, and she also was in Luther, which you won't have seen because it stars your nemesis. Idris Elba! Right. She's got a very big mouth. She's an extraordinary-looking girl, and but very attractive in a funny sort of way. Anyway, her. Pam in Milton Keynes spotted her. Uh, and Mark in Dunstable says, I used to have lunch every day with Keith Moon. We went to school together in Wembley. <gasps> Boom. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a, that, it's the winner so far. Having school dinners with Keith Moon. Oh, that's the winner so far. I bet it was mayhem. Oh, I bet it was insane there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can we get can we get the full membership of the Who? We've got Pete Townsend having uh, ham, egg and chips and a packet of fags uh, in the seventies. We've got Keith Moon having school dinners. We just need Roger and John. No adultery as yet. No adultery. No end whistle as yet. Uh, thank you, Catherine. We'll uh, have more on that in a bit. Now. Uh, on to slightly more serious things. A Home Office task force has been called in to look at the way the Bedfordshire Police is funded after the failure of the recent referendum. The Labour Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, had tried to uh, persuade the public uh, to uh, approve a bigger cut of the county's council tax. Ollie joins me now. Morning, Ollie. Thank you for coming in. Hi, Ian. This Home Office task force, what is this? What's going to happen? A uh, team of officials from the Home Office and from Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary are going to come into Bedfordshire Police. Um, they're going to look at our financial planning assumptions, operating context, um, uh, how the savings have been achieved so far and what more we plan to do. Um, and there's this issue about what they call the changing nature of demand in Bedfordshire. So you often hear the government say, oh, crime is down, so it's all right to cut the police. Yeah. And we're saying, well, hmm, recorded crime is down, but the nature of demand on the police is changing. There are more things that the public expect the police to deal with. You have things like people going missing, road traffic collisions. You then have the changing nature of crime, so emerging issues like child sexual exploitation, the fact that a lot of crime is now facilitated online. Mm. Um, all of this means that, you know, the traditional way of looking at recorded crime isn't a very good way of measuring what it is that we're expecting police forces to do. They're basically coming in to see how you can see if you're spending your money properly and if there are ways of spending it better. Do you think there are ways you could spend it better? Well, there was a, a National Audit Office uh, report last week which looked at the National Audit Office's, like the public spending watchdog, it looked at the Home Office uh, and, and it looked at does the Home Office understand the impact that it's... Well, uh, does it understand how it allocates funding to individual police forces and then does it understand the, the impact that having just flat across the board cuts to each individual police force has? Mm. Um, so, you know, 
cutting 20% out of Bedfordshire's budget isn't the same as cutting 20% out of a much larger force's budget. So that's why I think it's a good thing that they are now starting to come into individual forces to gain some understanding of of how the funding reductions are actually impacting small forces like Bedfordshire. This is only the second time it's happened. Is it Lincolnshire, I think? Lincolnshire is is the other one one earlier in the year. uh, This is the second time it's happened. Do do, do you perceive that as an embarrassment or or do you think that this is the trend that's going to, this is going to happen more and more across the country. Well, I, th- I think it's a good idea for the Home Office to understand how uh, the, f- the funding formula impacts particularly small forces like Bedfordshire that, that face urban challenges. You know, I think uh, Lincolnshire, uh, their circumstances are fairly unique. It's a very large county, but with a small police force. Um, they already have a high council tax, so they, they don't have, have the option, really, of even having a referendum because they're already charging a, a high council tax. So they've really got nowhere to go. We've obviously had our referendum. Public have voted no, so... We don't have that option anymore. Mm. Um, so I, d- I do think the Home Office needs to needs to understand what's going on in, in forces like what? Bedfordshire you, and Lincolnshire. I've got two conflicting emails about the referendum. Let me, let me put them to you. First one's from Matt. He said, Ian, I believe one of the reasons the recent referendum for an, incre- for an increase in police funding uh, that failed was due to p- poor communication by you. The increase was not understood uh, when discussing it. Most people I spoke to didn't understand uh, exactly what the increase was. I'm subbing this down a bit, Max. It's very, very long. Uh, There's only one person responsible for this misunderstanding, Mr Martins. He's called you Mr. That means he's angry. (laughs) As the representative of the police, it's up to him to communicate with the public. Uh, I did vote yes after doing some internet searches and reading the PCC website. Um, Even then, the crucial information on the increase uh, and how much it would cost each household was not easily available. Well, as you know, I've been complaining about the regulations that I was subject to, which I say prevented me from giving the people of Bedfordshire the information that I think they needed to make the decision. And, you know, I was pretty much gagged for five weeks before uh, the vote. Uh, and I, I just don't think that's... I mean, I think it makes a mockery of democracy, actually, the fact that I wasn't able to give people You couldn't sell it as well as you'd like to. And the question as well... Was it was very tightly controlled what the question was, and yep. some people think I'd that that question was not particularly helpful in no, your cause. No. And I, I, I knew this was a calculated risk, but you know, I think as as we discussed last time, I didn't feel there was any other option. Um, because of the circumstances that we're in. Well, last time, I haven't listened to this. Last time, you did say this. I wouldn't step down. Um, but you're right, it would probably be pretty career-ending, which is uh, probably the wrong thing to say because that will motivate the people who, <laughs> um, you know, may not like police and crime commissioners, um, may not like my party, may not like me, mm. to go out and vote against it. Career-ending, was it? Is it? We'll find out next May, won't we? Really? Well, you, that's when I'm yeah. up for election. Yeah. But, you know, my focus at the moment is on keeping Bedfordshire Police going and trying to sort the finances out and lobbying the Home Office uh, and convincing them that they need to take account of our circumstances here, uh, which aren't taken into account, I would say, at the moment by the funding formula that we've got. Um, uh, the fact that we're already underfunded and we're going to be cut further. I was, I, I kind of climbed off my wall of impartiality, my fence uh, of impartiality, and said that had that 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 that, that um, referendum been put, or the, you know that vote been put in front of me, I would have considered it. And I would probably have voted yes to spend a few extra quid um, on, on the police. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Anthony's emailed in saying, Ian, raising the taxes for the local police is unjust. 
the Bedfordshire Police Force have huge amounts of money being spent on pensions. Police officers seem to retire early and claim a full pension. How much of this budget is being spent on pensions? It's easy for you to say... Me means that the people of Bedfordshire are wrong. I didn't say they're wrong. I said how I would have gone uh, for not voting yes. It's only a few pence, but I don't. Basically, he goes on to say he hasn't got that much money, uh, and I suppose there is that there is that problem as well that that, that money is tight for everybody, and people do see, um, you know, these big what are perceived as big police pensions. Colette Paul, for example, is retiring. She will get a bigger pension, won't she, than she would have done two or three years ago before she took that position. Uh, well, being a chief constable yeah. is a, a fairly well remunerated position. I mean, and I, some people might might see that as, oh, she only did the job for a couple of years, and now she's going to get a, a delightfully delicious pension off the back of it. Can you can you understand how that might rub some people up the wrong way? Well, I, the way I look at it is that she's dedicated thirty three years of her life to uh, policing and serving the public. Uh, being a police officer is a pretty tough job um, and you know part of the part of the trade is that you're you're not you don't have the employment rights that other people employ um, so you know I think the trade-off then is that you get a fairly generous pension albeit that police pensions have been changing quite considerably in the last few years and are not uh, also in the future aren't going to be as generous as have been historically. I, I would argue as well, Anthony. There's, there's not particularly strong chance, but there's always a chance you might get shot on the job. You, you know, it's it's. We've it, had we've had tragic incidents in we Luton, just, haven't we? Haven't we just? And I just kind of think that there's you know there is a certain amount of risk that perhaps deserves a little bit more reward than, than I would I get. I mean, for police officers, you know, they're usually running towards an issue when the public are running the other way. So I don't think we should forget. <laughs> That. Are you uh, are you worried, Ollie? Do you, do you, I mean, uh, it, it, it's, you've not had a brilliant run. There have been some great successes, but there have also been a few kind of knocks. I know May's a long way away. You, how do you think you're going to do? Do you, th- do you think you're going to? A, do you think you're going to last till, until May? B, do you think you're going to get voted in again? Do you want to get voted in again? I expect I'll be standing again. Yeah, I mean, I think the democratic accountability of my role is one of the things that gets me out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm like to think that I'm a fairly dedicated public servant uh, and I look forward to the opportunity and I hope that you know next May the public will judge my record in the round. Do you think they will? Do you think that you think you'll, you'll well, get back in? You know democracy can be a funny thing can't it but uh, we'll, we'll find out next May. Um, and you know basically do, do you final question Ollie do you think that this Home Office Task Force is ultimately going to be for the benefit of, uh, of the residents of Bedfordshire? I'd have preferred if the Home Office would have just said, yes, here, I have the cash. Here's a load of money, yeah. But, you know, I think it's. I think we're moving in the right direction, that they're coming in to have a closer look. Supposing they and, say, though... You know, they've at least... They've, they might not... Uh, well, they want to understand a bit more about what we're telling them, but at least they've listened to what we've said and they're coming to have a closer look but there's at no, it. But they're, they're not saying necessarily you're going to get more money. They might say, no. well, they, hang on a minute, you no. could cut this, you could cut that. You know, they might point out more I mean, cuts that you don't want to make. One, one suggestion is that they will say the answer is to merge with another force. Personally, I don't think that that addresses the underlying issue that it's Bedfordshire that is underfunded. And I think the danger of that is that you're just asking the residents in another area to fill our funding issue. Mm. Um, And, you know, actually merging police forces is quite a complicated business. What do you do about the fact that different forces pay a different council tax precept? So, for example, if we were going to merge with Cambridgeshire, well, they're 
council tax is 15.8% higher than ours. Now, you might recognise that figure. Yes. Because part of what I was trying to do with the referendum was align our council, our precept with Cambridge here as a prudent step just mm. in case merger became necessary now you know what are we what are we going to do is the government going to say right you've got to merge with cambridge here and therefore that referendum vote that you just had saying you don't want to pay 15.8 percent well forget that because you're going to have to anyway ollie I, I always appreciate the fact you come in i really do thank My you pleasure. very much indeed let's get the travel travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio on the M1 there's been reports of an accident southbound between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes and that's causing delays by blocking one lane. In Dunstable on the A5 there are delays in both directions between the A505 and Church Street. That's because of the roadworks and temporary traffic lights causing delays heading through Dunstable and it's also causing problems in Houghton Regis as well and Bedford Road is looking very slow between the High Street North and Brewers Hill Road. In Hitchin on Parkway the roadworks there are causing queues as well between Paynes Park and the A1M at Junction 8 for Sitchin in the Roadworks area. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.17, it is... Um, um, hang on a second, bear with me, bear with me. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. Uh, it's Thursday, the 11th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner has welcomed the government's decision to send a task force to the county to investigate funding. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. And MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. BBC Three Counties County's Radio. Nice little texts. Nice little texts you were reading there. Your texts. Yes, yeah, yeah. Nice little exchange. Yeah, nice. Share it with the boys and girls. Nice texts. No, it's just uh, oh. texts from my team, actually, this morning. Oh, oh yeah. Saying, just go on, Jonathan. <laughs> you, you, we, you can do it. We yes. love you, sir. We love you, have sir. You, um, have you done your dummy show in, in our new studios yet? Yep, we had a great time yesterday. It went really, really well, and everyone got on really well. Oh. Did you do yours? Yes. Okay, great. It was very funny, actually. Was it sweary? Ours was filth. (coughs) We kind of... uh, We we started off doing it all very seriously. Yeah. But um, it started to descend into uh, the kind of phone-in that everyone would love to hear, Mm. but you never will hear. Oh, that's a shame. If you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. We repeated, we did the phoning we did yesterday about smacking children. Yeah. Um, But, of course, we all went a bit over the top because we weren't really on air. Yeah. And it was was a really interesting listen. How long did you do? Half an hour. We did about 15 minutes, then I kicked off because something wasn't working, and then we went. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like that was a joy for you all yesterday. It was, it was really fun times. Ask Simon about it. He was sat there very quietly, keeping his eyes to the ground, not wanting to get involved, rightfully so. Oh, really? Yeah, there was just, you what, know... What was the problem? Computer says no. Computer says no? That was the problem. Anyway, it's no problem. It'll all be well, sorted. it's better to iron out all these problems Thank before you. we go live next weekend. That's Thank what you. it's all about. Thank you very much indeed. What's going to be on your show today? Is it going to be potty-mouthed? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Coming up this morning on the big yes. phone-in from nine, I'm going to be asking, do you feel sorry for the British backpacker jailed for stripping on a sacred mountain? Uh, which, no, which one, the woman or the men? 
the woman. Uh, a British backpacker. Well, she was the only Brit, wasn't she? Well, the others were Canadian and Dutch. A British backpacker has been in court after posing naked with friends at the summit of a sacred mountain in Malaysia. Eleanor Hawkins, who's 24, was apparently told by a guide not to strip as it would offend the locals, but she did it anyway. Well, these same locals are now blaming a recent earthquake yeah. on the nudity which they say offended their mountain god. Mm. Well, from nine this morning, I'll be asking, do you feel sorry for the British backpacker jailed for stripping on a sacred mountain? You're making these noises. Do you, you don't feel sorry for I tell you what, I, No, I do feel... I feel terribly sorry for her. I tell, I tell you why I feel sorry for her, because the whole front pages of the papers are about her, but, the, the, but she, I, the, there were loads of other people doing it as well and it just, I just don't like the angle that's in the papers that they're just shaming this woman and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable well when it's loads there were loads of people doing there, it and there, there were, were loads of there were quite as well. a f they were quite a few but the others who've been arrested I gather were were Canadians right. and Dutch yeah. so I think she was the only Brit that has been arrested which yeah. may be why she's being focused on but I but you but you feel sorry for her yeah, I do feel sorry for her yeah. why do you feel sorry for her because she's she's been shamed and humiliated in front of all the in all the newspapers but wasn't it a rather disrespectful thing to do in somebody uh, else's country what country was it in Malaysia? Uh, There's worse things. Really? There's worse things you could do, yeah. There's worse things you could do. Well, from nine this morning, I'll uh, take your reaction to this. Do you feel sorry for the British backpacker jailed for stripping on a sacred mountain? Your call on 08459 455 555. Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC. Three Counties Radio. Thank you very... Oh, no, hang on. That's yes. Across beds, okay. hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're trying to recreate the who through food. The foo. Fighters. Doesn't make sense. I know. Very little of it does make sense if you analyse it, so stop analysing it! So far, we've had Pete Townsend having um, ham, egg and chips. We've had Keith Moon having his school dinners. Danny, can you add to the Who menu? Not quite who a menu. Who menu? Who menu? Go on. Go on, we got, Dan. Hello, Ian and gang. About 25 years ago, my sister lives down in Sussex, mm -hmm. and I've just taken up fly fishing. Yeah. And I saw a place down in Sussex. I know where this is going, I, yes. I asked an old boy yeah, to teach me how to fly cast. And we was having a cup of tea. I was in a little kitchen area. Yeah. And I heard him say, hello, Roger, do you want a cup of tea? He said, oh, yeah, I'd love one. Yeah. He said, can you make another cup of tea? And when I walked out, it was Roger Dalton. Ladies and gentlemen, it was... <laughs> well, now, 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 I've got... This is... OK. Did you say to him, I used to really like you, the stuff you did with The Who? Because that's <laughs> no, what I, was, I said when I, I met him. I was a bit open mouth. Actually, I was a bit in state of shock. Because he is exactly how you see him on the telly and he's ever such a lovely guy. Isn't he, he's a nice geezer. Isn't he's he, really he's, nice. Isn't he tiny? Yeah, he's, well, I'm six foot four, so I'm sort of about five foot wide. You could have so fitted him in the you could have fit him up in the turn up of your trousers <laughs> and carried him around. Now, Danny, for this story to go on the uh, men who, thank you, Kelly, for that. Was he actually eating anything, or was he just drinking a cup of tea? 
Well, he actually ate a little piece of Dundee cake. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. The most un-rock and roll. Danny, <laughs> I love it. Thank you very much indeed. I, I, by the way, if anyone's got phone calls about any members of the Who at any point, you always jump to the front of the queue. Thank you. So, so far, we've got... Pete Townsend, yeah. ham, egg and chips. Keith Moon, school dinners. Roger Daltrey, a little bit of Dundee cake. I think you could translate that to the Rolling Stones. And you know he'd be having the Dundee cake. Yeah, it'll be Jago, isn't it? It'll be Brenda herself. Um, we need, all we need is John Entwistle on, on bass, Johnny Twinkletoes. That's what we need. <laughs> we need him on uh, uh, on bass. What, has anyone seen him eating anything? Right, here's another one of your, fam- your favourite famous people. It's not Idris Elba. If anyone's seen Idris Elba eating... Let's have Jeez, it. Some answer. He doesn't know his um, his arts from his Elba. Oh. There's something. There's a nugget there. There's a nugget. Except he does. He's very into his music. Mm, there's a nugget. That's why he got dropped from his record label. Uh-oh. We saw Damien Lewis, says Lisa in Leighton Buzzard, and his wife and kids. His wife's an actress too, so, I mean, that's two people. I'm Damien Lewis and I'm very, very posh and well, I'm very, very drunk. They were in the hippo house at Whipsnade Zoo a few years ago. One of them may have been eating. Does that count? <laughs> Were they eating, though? Well, no. Rod Stewart eating on the Queen Mary 2 going to New York, says Anne. Yeah, I bet Straight he was. In and out. I bet he was. Yeah, I bet he was that as well. Well, she's she's 30 years younger than him. Yeah. Yes. Rob says Marcus Brigstock and Jay Rayner drinking water at Latitude Festival in 2013. Yeah, they would do, because they're lightweights and Brigstock is not on this list. <laughs> Brigstock is not on my list. Oh, you'll like this one. I will I? I can name two people I saw eating, says Shirley and Milton Keynes, sounding all confident in that. Go on then, shows. I saw Walter Matow, not sure how to spell the name. He was in films with Jack Lemmon. We know we Walter, know Walter Matow, Matow is. This is Walter Matow. Oh, the hangdog face. Eating in our hotel restaurant in Capri or Capri, and John McEnroe eating in a restaurant at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. And on both occasions, I stay, I st- stared, but to embarrassed, but I was too embarrassed to interrupt them eating an astronaut. Good. Never, guys. Here's here's the thing. Never ever I- I- interrupt a celebrity eating. It could be me. Unless you're Stella yesterday, Stella and Don, and they were delightful. The, well, fair play. The, when the food come, Don kept saying, uh, Stella, will you shut up and let them eat? Their food's going to get cold. She was OK, then. I'm going to talk. It was, she said, you eat, I'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes you stopped, you stopped eating and she shoved your fork back into your she dinner. She did. She did. Absolutely. Did. Good morning. If you may have missed it earlier on. Good morning, Stella. Good morning, Don. We've been talking about you all morning. Don, we played Searching with you on drums. You'll get a couple of pence in a few months. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Mark's on the line. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you, Ian? I'm all right, thank you. What, what have you got for us? Well, it was me that sent in the text about Keith Moon. <laughs> Did you go to school with Mooney? I went to two schools with him. I went to Barham, which was our primary school. Yes. And then he moved to Alfton uh, High, uh, Secondary Modern. Yeah. Uh, and then he moved from there to Harrow Technical College. Guys, can we just cancel the rest of the show? I'm talking to Mark about his Keith Moon memories, OK? <laughs> Um, uh, but, but, and how, so, how old would you have been, Mark, when you were when you were with him? Well, we were uh, from the age of six right through to sixteen. Fantastic! So he knows all. He knows all. I mean, he did. He, he used to be in the local seat Wembley Sea Cadet Corps. He was a bugler. Yeah. Um, he did play for a couple of bands before. Um, he played for the the Who. I can't remember their names. He was in a I... surf band, wasn't he? He used to love surf music. He did. He was a big fan of the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean. That's correct. Uh, and so did you hang out with him, Mark? Yeah, he was crazy. What was he? Now listen, because no, was he, he crazy was, uh, even then, or was it a bit of a put on when he no, became a rock no, star? He was, no, he was at 
Keith, they were a lovely family. Um, yeah, quite a few brothers and sisters. Yeah. But he was an absolute... He was a nutcase. Yeah. From, from, his, from early days. And was it a bit tired? Because I, 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 as I get to... When I was a young man, right, the whole Keith Moon story used to fascinate me. I used to think, oh, brilliant, driving a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool. Doing a, <laughs> there's a fa- very famous story of him um, being, like, in the 30th floor of a hotel room. Uh, and everyone's going, where's... where's they're all t- doing, you know, whatever it was they were doing. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, where's Keith? Says, where's Keith? 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 Has anyone seen where Keith's gone? And he looked out the window, and he was just stood out there holding on to the ledge like in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) And as a young man, I found that very exciting. As I get older, I think, oh, that would have just worn me out. It would have been tiresome, It would have been. Oh, Keith, please, go to bed. No, I mean, he was quite disruptive at school, put it that way. Really? He he was one of the naughty boys. And, And did you ever see him when he became, like, proper famous? Uh, I never went to any of his concerts, yeah. um, but I did meet him probably when the Who were at their top. His mother and father still lived in Chaplin Road in Wembley, yeah. um, and it was with his wife, and I can't remember what her name was, although I think he got married... I'm trying to think... Um, I know he got married and had a child, but I can't remember oh, her I can't name. remember her name either, and it's sad, and it's sad. It was sad. He was sad, but he was very... He was what would be described today as a hyperactive child. Yeah, yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, of course he would. There will be a label for, for it. Yeah. Mark, listen, best call of the day, mate. You've, you've won a gold star. You can come on any time you want. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, isn't that exciting? Uh, sorry, that sounded sarcastic. It genuinely was exciting. <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking of something else. He's got this image of him sitting out on the ledge or yeah. standing on the ledge. Standing on like, a tiny little thin ledge. With the wind whistling. Hi, guys! <laughs> yeah, you are high, Keith. Come in. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 has queues anti-clockwise between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. It's easing off though on the M1 southbound between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes after the accident that happened there. All the lanes have reopened. But it's still busy on the A5 in both directions in Dunstable between Church Street and West Street and the A505. That's through the roadworks and the temporary traffic lights in the Houghton Regis roundabout are causing long delays through Dunstable and Houghton Regis including on Bedford Road. In Hitchin on Parkway there are Queues between Paynes Park and the A1M Junction 8 for Stevenage. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Bedfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner has welcomed the government's decision to send a task force to the county to investigate funding. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be required. MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. And a Hatfield family are calling on the University of Hertfordshire to issue stricter guidelines to students living in private accommodation after claiming to have suffered months of antisocial behaviour. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve McLaren has been appointed as the new head coach at Newcastle. The former England manager has signed an initial three-year deal at St James's Park. Former Newcastle defender Steve Howey thinks it's a good decision. He did ever so well at Middlesbrough. He did really well at uh, FC20. He did really well at Derby in the first season. We lost in the playoffs against um, QPR. But obviously, the season just gone. You know, they were five points clear and didn't even make the playoffs. So, obviously, that was very disappointing. 
But I think he's a good appointment. You know, he's got vast experience, but he will need a lot of help because um, the squad at the moment is just not good enough. Stevenage supporters will get the chance to quiz chairman Phil Wallace tonight at a fans' forum at the club. It's the first such event since the departure of manager Graham Wesley and the appointment of former England star Teddy Sheringham. With Wimbledon starting later this month, Judy Murray has hailed the partnership of son Andy and his coach Amelie Moresmo. And Judy Murray also believes it has had a positive impact on women's sport. It's not just been successful for the two of them. I think it's been very successful for, you know, highlighting the fact that women can coach at the top of the game, whether that's the men's game or the women's game. It's an unprecedented step, I think, for a, a world-class male tennis player to take on a female coach. But it's really raised uh, that whole awareness around it's not about gender, it's about your skill set, your experience and uh, personality fits. And Watford's Anthony Joshua has been ranked number two in the World Boxing Council's latest heavyweight rankings. The unbeaten Olympic champion has knocked out all 13 of his professional opponents. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. There are places I remember all my life Though some have changed Some forever Not for better Some have gone And some remain All these places have their moments With lovers and friends I still can recall some are dead and some are living in my life. I've loved them all. But of all these friends and lovers, there is no one compares with you. These memories lose their meaning When I think of love As something new Though I know I'll never lose affection For people and things That went before I know I'll often stop And think about them in my life, I love you more. Well, that oh, that stopped suddenly. <laughs> that was better than I remembered it. Um, Keith Moon there, Andrew. How you doing? Uh, do you know what, Andrew? I am digging the who this morning. I can hear you. Oh, Good I'm stuff, never... isn't it? I can't believe that fella went to school with Keith Moon. How cool is that? It's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. Yesterday we were sat in um, in a greasy spoon in Dunstable, Cassie Mix, wonderful food, we love it. Got talking to this old couple, Stella and Don, who are listening. Morning. Uh, Don turned out was the original drummer with the Hollies. And, no then we, and then we just had that fella phoning up to talk about going to school with Keith Moon. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. What have you got, Andrew? Well, I've got, I've got two stories. One may count, one may not. OK. I was in Stow in the Wild about ten years ago, and yes. John lived out in the Cotswolds. John Entwistle we're talking about. Oh, indeed. As oh. I come out into Stow in the Wild, I was going to stop in for a pint, and there was a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Open-top Rolls Royce in this 
girl was sitting in the front seat, but on the back of it, if you understand what I mean, talking to a load of people. Oh, yeah, yeah, OK, yeah. So I came over to see what was going on, and then John came out, he had a pint in one hand, and he had what I remember, it was either a pie or a sandwich. Yes, swear and He sat there chatting to all of us, he was absolutely charming. <laughs> he was very... I, I assumed he was the shy man of the band, but he didn't turn out that. He was ever so chatty. This is the thing about The Who, right? They were just geezers. It's like the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls are just girls, right? And I bet if you met any of the Spice Girls, I've met some of the Spice Girls, they're just nice girls, right? They're down-to-earth girls. And the they're Who... They're not exciting, though, is it? They're, no, they're not very exciting. No, you're right. They're not, they're not in the same league. But the Who, they're just geezers, aren't they? And yes. I think that was part of their charm. So you had a well, chat with John Edwistle, did you? Sorry? you? Sorry? You had a good chat with him. What year was this, Andrew? We're talking to God, blimey. I'm going back at least ten years now. Okay, blimey. And you, you, you're not sure if it was a pie or a sandwich, but he was definitely. No, but he, he was chatting away. But I was too interested listening to him. Yeah. Than than actually worrying about what he was drinking or eating. Yeah, no, of course now, you would. The be. other story I have was my father was a service engineer for forklifts. Yeah. He went to Shepperton Studios, as he was in the middle of like it was from what I can gather. Remember telling me it was a big room. Yeah. And there was three stages. And there was bread rehearsing on one stage. Oh, blimey, David Gates, yeah. Queen. What? And The Who. Really? Yep. Well, this is a story related to me. Yeah. And it, the funny thing was, he was having his lunch, and some of the bands came down to join him. Yeah. Now, we had Freddie Mercury join him. Oh, man alive, um, yes. The Who came down, bread didn't seem that interesting. Anyway... The, st- the joke of the family is Freddie Mercury said, you know who we are, and he said no. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. That'll learn them. Uh, no, no. Andrew, what? listen, I've got to move on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Celebrities eating. When have you seen a celebrity when you or they have been eating? We've got a full, and thank you, Kelly Betts, for this, a full menu. The full men who. Let's go. Catherine, can we go through the men who, please? The four members of the who. Where, what were they eating? Oh, God, I don't know. I've not written it down. Pete Townsend, ham, egg, and chips. Oh, yeah. Hello. Keith and he Moon. Was very deep. Keith Moon, school dinners. Roger Daltrey. Dundee cake. <laughs> and John Entwistle, a pint and a pie. Ladies Lovely. and gentlemen, it's the who. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. I mean, it does. But the food befits the character, doesn't, doesn't it? it just? Doesn't it just? Uh, Cyril's on the line. Morning, Cyril. Uh, morning to you. What have you got for us, Cyril? Uh, well, I've met the who uh, twice before and after a gig, but I've also oh. met um, uh, John Entwistle uh, by himself um, at my mate's house. He, my mate always <laughs> said that he was, uh, it was his cousin. And, uh, and I thought, well, yeah, OK, yes, his cousin, you know, you know, yeah. carry on, mate. And then I was round his house one lunchtime and this Rolls Royce turned up and out come John Entwistle walked into his house and, you know, said, hi, Nigel. And I went, I was just, like, shocked at it all, like, and he just he sat down, he had a cup of tea and a cheese and onion sandwich. <laughs> John uh, Entwistle loves the sandwiches. Yeah, a cheese and onion sandwich. The other time was in the Civic Hall Dunstable yes. before their gig back in 1971. Oh, yeah. And, and I did not realise it was them at first. I mean, I've seen the Who 27 times myself. All right, mate, calm down. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. And uh, I, they, they were all there having drinks and everything. And I, I went up and chatted to them. And I ended up having a couple of pints with them. Yeah. Where the um, they were eating um, cheese and onion crisps. And what's, their, what's their obsession with cheese and onion and no, lager? No. No, hey, no. Cyril, did you see um, uh, the Who? They did Quadrophenia as part of the um, uh, Teenage Cancer Trust concerts about six years ago at the Royal Hall. Did you see that? No, I didn't see oh, that mate. one. I, I, I saw the who just a couple of months ago at the because, um, uh, O2. I tell you, I tell you what, Cyril. 
the young gentleman that got to introduce the Who on stage. Mm. Yeah, that was me. That was me. I got to start. This is brilliant. I got to because uh, I worked at another radio station that worked with Roger on the, the Teenage Cancer yeah. Trust concerts, and they were always trying to get me to go and introduce bands like rubbish bands, like the spin-off of um, of Suede. Like that. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And they said, Well, how would you like to introduce on stage? Um, the Liam Gallagher band, what were they called? Oh. B- oh, oh. BDI. BDI. <laughs> I said, I'm not bothered, thanks. They said, oh, OK. Shane, because you could have introduced the other band that was on that night. I said, who's the other band? And they went, um, it's The Who. I said, I'll do it. I said, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. So I got to go on stage, and I was doing the talk of... Oh, guys, it's such an honour to introduce The Who. And there are all these, gob- these gobby people in the audience, right? And this bloke's go- bloke in the front went, you're not a real Who fan. I said, I beg your pudding. He said, you're not a real Who fan. Name a Who song that isn't an obvious one. I went in there, Cyril, straight away with Goodbye... I went in there with Goodbye Sister Disco, right? All right, yeah. Right, okay. He went, nah, that's too famous. I went, right, (laughs) have some of this. And then I started singing Bucket Tea. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. That one. Yeah, that Bucket T from the Ready Steady Who EP from 1965. That shut him up. He, yeah, he, yeah. Probably, he probably didn't know. He probably didn't. I, I out-hooed him. And then later on that evening, Cyril, here we go. <clears throat> Picture the scene. The Royal Albert Hall, OK? There's, there's, uh, how does it hold? Let's, uh, let's, let's say 5,000 people. They're all there. They're all waiting, OK? They've seen, they've seen BDI. They, let's be honest, they're not a particularly good band, OK? So I walk out. <clears throat> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the stage... Not just one of the best rock and roll bands in the world. The best. The best rock and roll band in the world. The Who! The Who came out on stage. I introduced The Who Uh, on stage at the Royal Albert Hall. And your feelings? Oh, mate, it was a... I'll be honest, there was a slight... There was a delay of about two minutes of them coming out, Okay. Right, yeah. In that meantime, I went backstage, and I'd been backstage all night, and I'd seen them walking around, but I hadn't spoken to them. And I was just kind of stood there, and the crowd were waiting. They were building up the tension. Townsend walked past me, and I love the who. Townsend walked past me, and I went, oh, Pete Townsend walked past me. He took two yeah. steps back, yeah. touched me on the arm, gave me the thumbs up, and went, nice one, mate. And yeah. I was like, yes! Brilliant. I will have some of that! Brilliant. Cyril, Brilliant. listen, thank you very much indeed. So we've got a full men who, ladies and gentlemen, of <laughs> the who eating food. Cheese and onion looms large. Cheese and onion is... Ve- I-, I love that, though, because you do when you're at school... You do get your um, mates going, oh, yeah, well, you know you know the Knight Rider? That's my cousin. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, Michael Knight's my cousin. Do you mean David Hasselhoff? Yeah, 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 he's, he's, uh, he's my cousin. And um, I go on holiday with him and stuff. And I've got a girlfriend in Australia. What? I think I may have done the I've got a girlfriend in Australia line when I was nine. But to, 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 you've got your mates saying, yeah, I'm a bass player from the Who, it's my cousin. Yeah, Danny, all right, whatever. Danny Baker made much of uh, being uh, David Essex's yeah, brother, Essex's didn't he, famously? <laughs> Until he got, got... he would use it to chat up women, and then he got caught out because uh, his, his mates went, "Hey Dan, your brother's over there. What, David Essex?" And David Essex was stood at the bar. Go and say hello to him. Uh, we've fallen out. Probably best that we go now. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> Sean's on the line. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. Ian. Who'd have thought we'd have got so much content? From have you ever been eating in front of or seen a celebrity eating? So that's thanks to Don and Stella. Don that's from the Hollies. thank you to the Hollies. Yes, it is. Uh, well, uh, Sean, lot- Sean, what have you got? The last couple of calls make mine seem rather inadequate. No, mate, they all count, but yes, the Who Rock, yes. Yeah, it's not a Who story. I mean, about 18 years ago, uh, myself and my wife and a couple of friends were away on holiday in Algarve, and we were staying on on a nice complex, and we were in the local complex restaurant that evening. Yeah. And we'd been in there for the night. And uh, it wasn't until later on in the evening that we realised that there were a couple of gentlemen on an adjacent table to us, um, you know, having something to eat and having rather a lot to drink. 
Um, we were quite intoxicated ourselves, but it wasn't until quite late on in the evening we realised it was Rodney Marsh and George Best. Ladies and gentlemen, Georgie Best. And I bet I bet that his right arm didn't stop pouring drinks into no, his mouth. No, I mean, the, the, the one thing I, that we always recount from the evening is that we were um, sharing a decanter of port at the end of the night and they gave it to us complimentary at the restaurant, so it was a full decanter, and by the end, there was nothing left. Oh. Uh, the, uh, hang, on, hang on one second, Sean, sorry. Were yeah. they actually eating or just boozing? No, they were eating. What were they eating? Uh, I would say that they were probably eating the local fish. Sean, then they are allowed on the uh, who's menu of celebrity. Mr T's on the line. How are you doing, Ian? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all right, foo. How are you doing, foo? I'm doing perfectly fine. Have you ever eaten in front of or seen a celebrity eating? Oddly enough, I've had. <laughs> Not me eating in the mirror. No, it was, um, I did uh, Jerry Hollowell's wedding on the 15th, and uh, there were quite a few people there, man, so we all hang on, ate hang together. On. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You did Jerry Halliwell's wedding? Yeah, it was really, it was really funny because, like, uh, middle page of the sun, they said that the real Mr. T was there. So I called up Christian and I was like, "Dude, this is going to be awkward when I turn up." And uh, he was uh, like, "No, no, it's it's you. They've got it wrong." Hang on, who's Christian? Is Christian the bloke she married? Yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris Warner. All right, mate. Because I saw that in the sun and I didn't really yeah. read it and I didn't realise that was you. Yeah, it was quite funny, man. That was, that was just weird. Uh, well, what did you? Okay, so can you name the celebrities you saw eating? Yeah, we had a, well, there's a lot of, there was, almost everybody there was a celebrity, but you know me, I'm an American, I have no clue who half British celebrities are. Yeah, it's the best way I to think, be. You know, I think in a way they like that. Yeah. Know? But no, the people I knew, kind of, was uh, Don French, Amanda Holden, because Amanda from BGT, uh, David Cousard from F1, because we did the stag party, he's awesome. Uh, Emma Bunton, because she's another Spice Girl. Oh, Emma um, Bunton. And then uh, Mylene Class, and uh, there was like a whole bunch of other people, but most of us are down now. And uh, did you... Well, <sighs> What did you? What were they eating? Uh, well, it was like a varied menu, but I was just focused on my steaks. That was it, man. I Mr. Just... T, always, <laughs> always, always. I saw him in the. Thank you, Mr. T. Always a pleasure. Uh, I, I saw. I didn't realise that was him. I, I glimpsed the story and didn't realise it was him. Isn't it funny? Ruth, stay there. We'll come to you after this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 in Dunstable is really busy in both directions at Church Street. That's because of the roadworks and temporary traffic lights in Halton Regis at the roundabouts. It's also causing delays on Bedford Road between Thorn Road and the High Street. Also in Hitchin on Parkway, the temporary traffic lights and roadworks there between the A505 at Payne's Park and the A1M at Junction 8 for Hitchin are causing delays too. In Bedford on Brumham Road, there are queues between the Deets Finney and Shakespeare Road and in Aylesbury on the A41. That's looking very slow from the Oxford Road roundabout to the Walton Street roundabouts. On the motorways, the M25 has queues anti-clockwise from Junction 18 for Chorleywood to 16 for the M40. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 8.46. Ruth, stay there. We'll come to you in a second. These are your headlines on Thursday the 11th of June. The Bedfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner has welcomed the government's decision to send a task force to the county to investigate funding. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. And MPs on the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning to meet people affected by the proposed route. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. A beautiful June day today across the Three Counties. Lots of sunshine around, staying dry for the rest of the day and some fairly high temperatures as well. We're looking at highs of probably around 22 or 23 degrees Celsius. Some spots will get even a touch higher than this and the winds are falling a lot lighter. Still coming in from the east but a lot lighter than they have been in recent days. The sunshine lasting on into the evening. Overnight tonight, uh, dry and mild lows of around 12 or 13 degrees tomorrow feeling even warmer we've got a plume of very warm air coming up from the near continent that's um get feel quite muggy i think at times and the pollen levels will be very high tomorrow too now temperature wise we could be looking at 25 or 26 degrees some some areas may even get a bit higher than that maybe but where we do get the higher temperatures then we could see some thunderstorms triggered off into the late afternoon particularly the first part of the evening so dry for most of the day just a risk of thunderstorms they'll be fairly hit and miss so not everywhere we'll see them um, but where we do get them there'll be quite a lot of surface water I think into tomorrow evening's rush hour hail thunder and uh, all the rest of it possibly turning into more organised band of rain on Friday night into Saturday so it could really be quite wet possibly a wet start to the day on Saturday too but then that band of rain will clear and we'll see uh, something drier and brighter by Saturday afternoon but a bit cooler and staying a bit cooler too into next week that's the forecast Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JDS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning. Daily! Giza! Giza! I'm here, and do you know what? I'm going to put a picture up very soon. Oh. Blue suede loafers. Mate, they are going to stink. Why? Because you've got nay socks on. Does it, listen, I've got everything under control. I've got the sprays, okay, so I can keep the swag, okay, and lose the smell. You I've need got one the of those half a sports sock things that um, yeah, yeah, tough yeah, guys yeah. wear. Uh, tough guys. <laughs> I've got my walking lying. shoes on, and yesterday <laughs> yeah. I bought... Oh, wow, they are big. Yeah, thank you. Yesterday I got some new insoles delivered. Oh, it's so comfortable. Oh, I think I saw this on Twitter yesterday. It's like walking on sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And don't feel good. Can I ask you a question? Though? You obviously, can. I, obviously, I've got loafers on because yep. you, you know, comfortable on the streets. Yeah, that's what oh, I yeah, do. Yeah. Um, you've got walking boots on. Yeah. Uh, when are you going walking? I went walking at the weekend. I got massive blisters. See, yeah, but you're not going today, are you? No, but I will be doing some walking. It would be walk. I'll be walking in. to get this right. Yeah, be, I'm having such bad luck with cars at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's a little accident and stuff. And I've got a hire car, courtesy car. Mm. Right? Well, today I got out the lock, the central locking don't work. Yeah, joking. So and there's got, no keyhole. There's no keyhole. No keyhole. No. What, no. There's a keyhole on the driver's side, but that yeah. doesn't lock everything. There's no yeah. keyhole in the passenger side, so it's why. So I've got to take it back to the garage. Oh, flipping up! What a disaster! I, I'm having a run, right. I'll, anyway, go. say hello to Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Ruth. How are you? Good morning. You like my story, Justin? I think. Oh, oh I, I think this could be music-led. Yeah. Oh, what have you got then, Ruth? Well, I was on the A5 going into the harvester a few years back, 
And this man held the door for me. He had a long beard and black beard and black hair and a long black coat. And I thought, oh, I recognise you, I think. And it was Roy Wood, a wizard. <gasps> yeah, and I sat next to him and I didn't know it was, you know, kind of thinking, well, is it him or is it not? My husband said, well, ask him. So I asked him. He said, yeah, he said, it certainly is, he said. And he was having a steak. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should have done a list of celebs and the food that they like. You know yeah. what? I, I'm, I'm actually going to come in here. I don't think this story is true because Roy Wood what? has not left his house in about he, 30 years. He's a recluse, it, let it alone was. on the A5 harvester yeah, having a steak. Justin, because I heard him at first and I was I could hear him say, oh, yeah, well, I'll be at the studio at so-and-so, so-and-so, and I was going to wait. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Was he talking about the studio? And it was. It was but, Roy course, Wood from Wizard having a steak. He's great. He, he didn't have grey hair. Of course, it was looked died. Yeah, how does that? Oh, yeah, the old the, the message in the bottle, Ruth. Thank you very much, Paul. Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Paul. Uh, celebrities, were you eating or was the celebrity eating? Uh, both. Uh, we were at awesome. the uh, what was the Trust House Forte Hotel in Milton Keynes. I'm going back about 30 years ago. And they're all such classy places. That's what's amazing. <laughs> I, I tell you. Yeah. Um, I, 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 my wife kept on looking over my shoulder. I wondered what was going on. So I turned around and Christopher Reeve and uh, oh. Gene Hackman were eating oh. behind us. Oh, oh, come on. Yes. Come on, guys. Come on. They were filming Superman in Milton Keynes. It's, it's, Super, it's Superman, Superman and Lex Luthor. He was Lex Luthor, wasn't he, yeah. Gene Hackman? He Superman was, yeah. and Lex Luthor were having... <laughs> what, were they, what were the enemies eating? I have no idea. Oh. That's 30 years ago. Oh, so. man. Probably a prawn cocktail followed by a gatto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And because uh, uh, people forget how big Christopher Reeve was. You know, I mean, Gene Hackman's always been a legend, but Christopher Reeve was a super. Did your wife, did she go um, um, a little bit weak at the knees when she saw the Superman? I think she did, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was me, you know. But... <laughs> it never is, Paul. Not you personally, I mean, for, for men in general. Lee's on the line. I know you've taken this to the streets, Oh, that's a good one. Let's, let's hear from Lee. Morning, Lee. Morning. We've had all four members of The Who. We've had Superman. We've had his nemesis, Lex Luthor. Uh, what have you got for us? Well, this is this will probably top the lot, actually. Oh, but here we go. Fighting talk. Yeah, I, li- I, I, I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A couple of years ago, I was in uh, in London, Knightsbridge, not far from Harrods, so, yeah. Yeah. you know, you can imagine a lot of famous celebrities around there. But Lots of celebs. I actually saw, you won't believe it, I saw Jane McDonald eating an ice cream. <gasps> that has topped a lot for me. Never! Really? Well, it, went, it wasn't just, I mean, I noticed the ice cream first because it was my favourite. It was an oyster with nuts and juice. Mike, now listen, there are kids listening, Lee, <laughs> who don't know what an oyster with nuts and juice is. And in the 70s... It sounds oh. filthy. In the 70s, my <laughs> mum's favourite ice cream, when Mr Mr Whippy came around, I'd always get a... Um, is, is it a screwball? Yeah, I yeah. have those with a bubbly gum on the I get I get a screwball and my mum would always go and chomp down on an oyster. <laughs> she would, uh, kids don't know what that means. They think I'm being rude. I'm not. It was a really weird ice cream, like in a sort of like a sandwich. It was like in a sort of clam shell, <laughs> <laughs> exotic. And it was an. You can still, you can still get them now. Yeah, they're lovely. That Knightsbridge, though, in Knightsbridge. Well, Jay, no, Jay McDonald keeping it real. Can I just say? I, I didn't realise it was there. I saw, I saw the oyster first. Can I just say? Nice. I've met Jay McDonald. She's one sexy lady. Fit. She, honestly, there are some women that you kind of, you think, but when you meet them, they ooze mm. sexuality. Kiora. You know why? Show Kiora, woman. they don't ooze Kiora. No, aura. Oh, sorry, I do apologise. She's a show Well, she woman. went up in my estimation uh, when I saw the oyster. I oh, thought, oh, yes. OK, leave the oyster alone. <laughs> He's obsessed by that oyster, isn't he? <laughs>
Honestly, she is she is a sexy lady. There's Showbiz. Just, it's just something you can't put your finger on it. Well, let's get Simon back to the oyster. Simon! Hello! Can you beat... Can you beat Jay McDonald with an oyster? No, I, what an image. <laughs> have, um, that. <laughs> have that! She's singing on a ship. Have that, love. Simon, what oh, have you got dear. for us? Well, I was on holiday in the exotic Isle of Wight. <laughs> <laughs> These are all such glamorous. Is it Jay McDonald again? No, I was, uh, sat, I was on a little caravan site over there in the clubhouse, having yeah. a glass of Coke and a packet of crisps. <laughs> and in walked Mr Bruce Jones. Oh, what, from Coronation Street? Yeah, he came in. He went straight to the bar, didn't he? He did go straight to the bar, yes. Yes. But uh, we had a chat and stuff. He was a really nice guy. Took some photos with us. He was brilliant. How long ago was this? He goes there quite often. How long ago was this, Simon? Yeah, well, he's he's fallen on hard times, bless him, Bruce. And you're right. Thank you, Simon. I've got to move on because I want to get Justin's um, uh, piece uh, in before the end. Mm. Oh, uh, and and he's a lovely bloke, Bruce. He's fallen on tough times. And, um, you know, you're absolutely right. Simon, thank you. Justin, you took this to the streets. I've taken this one to the streets. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to save the biggest name until the end here. Yeah, the big boys come out to play here. Celebrities that you've met. He did say that on the radio. (laughs) He did, didn't he? Celebrities that you've met where food is involved. Here's what happened. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Well, here we have a lady with a very sexy voice. Can you say good morning, men? Good morning, men. (laughs) Uh, Celebrities you've seen while surrounded by food. Danny Dyer at the Ivy. Oh, come on, Danny Dyer. What is it about Danny Dyer which gets the ladies like you going. It's got to be that Cockney accent. Danny. Luru. Cheers, mate. Lee. Can I call you Lee the hipster? No. Oh, okay. It's cracking beard, though, Lee. Thank you. It's a comp. It's a comp, okay. (laughs) Celebrities you've seen where food's involved. Yep. Jim Davidson at Heathrow Airport. Having a ham sandwich. Did you approach? I did. And what happened? We had a chat, took my photo. Real nice guy. He was off to Edinburgh. Yeah. Now, you say you had a ham sandwich. Here's the big question. Did you get yourself in there whilst he was still eating, or did you wait until it finished? Oh, no, halfway through, just took a bite, make sure he had a mouthful so he couldn't argue. And he didn't mind at all? No, he was lovely, real proper bloke. Wow. He'd actually broke his glasses, so he was wearing a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. So he did say, I don't normally do this, it's yeah. a bit, yeah. bit flash for me, but just genuine proper bloke. Wow. Halfway through his sandwich and he went straight in there. You've got big shiny ones, you have. <laughs> Thank you very much. Pleasure, take care. Cheers. Hey, Russ, who have you seen eating? Ashley. Ashley? Yeah, Ashley. Ashley? Ashley from Diversity. Oh no, we're doing celebrities, mate. Patricia, first question, do you like my blue suede loafs? Yes. Thank you. Famous people you've seen in restaurants, and my goodness me, here comes the name. Who did you see in a restaurant? Frank Sinatra, the Mason Lions at the bottom of Oxford Street about 50 years ago. You are sending shivers down my spine. My mum sat next to me. There was only me and her in there. He did it my way. My way. way. Oh, dearly. There you go, mate. Frank Sinatra. Oh, blue eyes. Have some of that. This is all, by the way, this is all thanks to Don, the original drummer from the Hollies, who we were sat next to yesterday in Kazzy Mix. When we threw this out, Catherine, I didn't think this would take off. No, uh, I think it did. I think it did. I'm going to trump you, though. Go on. Scoinsy has just sent me an email. I once saw John Gorn eating a sandwich at a funeral. Uh, The same bloke who lied, by the way, about his uh, favourite Christmas memory. Don't trust that guy. Yeah, good point. Well made. Thank you. (laughs) 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the A5 in Dunstable in both directions between the A505 and Church Street in the roadworks. And also Bedford Road is very slow from Thorn Road to the High Street north at Brewers Hill Road. And that's because of the temporary traffic lights at the Houghton Regis roundabout causing some delays through the area. In Hitchin on Parkway, there are queues also between the A1M Junction 8 for Stevenage and the A505 because of some temporary traffic lights there by the Orange Tree Pub. And in Bedford on Bromham Road, there are queues between Deep Spinney and Shakespeare Road. In Aylesbury on the A 41, it's very busy between the Oxford Road roundabout and the A413 at the Walton Street roundabout. And the M25 is still very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Oh, guys, what wonderful, wonderful calls we've had. <laughs> Kelly, thank you very much. I can't, I can't. <laughs> Daily, good to have you back, Catherine. Um, should we try and pencil in something for next week? All right, thank you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, do you feel sorry for the British backpacker jailed for stripping on a sacred mountain? A British backpacker has been in court after posing naked with friends at the summit of a sacred mountain in Malaysia. Eleanor Hawkins, who's 23, was apparently told by a guide not to strip as it would offend the locals, but she did it anyway. Malaysia is a socially conservative Muslim majority country and Mount Kinabalu is considered sacred by a local tribe. Some of these locals are now blaming a recent earthquake on the nudity, which they say offended the ghosts of their ancestors. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this story. It's all over the front pages of the papers. Do you feel sorry for the British backpacker jailed for stripping on a sacred mountain? Pick up the phone, come on and have your say on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, Beds Police Commissioner welcomes Home Office visit, post-mortem inconclusive into Milton Keynes murder victim and MPs visit HS2 route in Buckinghamshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner has welcomed the government's decision to send a task force to the county to investigate funding. Five Home Office officials will spend two days next month with the force on what has been described as a fact-finding mission. Commissioner Ollie Martin says the government appear to be listening to his concerns. I think it's a good idea for the Home Office to understand how uh, the, the funding formula impacts particularly small forces like Bedfordshire that, that face urban challenges. Police in Milton Keynes say a post-mortem carried out on a man murdered in Wolverton has proved inconclusive. Further tests will be required. 31-year-old Ashley Gillard was found dead after a fire at a flat on Monday night. Detectives have been given more time to question a 25-year-old man arrested on suspicion of murder. Members of the HS2 Select Committee are visiting Buckinghamshire this morning. They are talking to people who live along the proposed 